Hi everyone, I'm Andrew. I'm Marn. This is the Argonauts Podcast. Every two weeks, I'm going to go in and fail to solve ARGs, and Marn's going to tell me what I should have done instead. That's true, uh, and this week we're going to talk about EFS, the Electronic Freedom Society ARG, uh, which is the sequel to Tarragon. Sequel to Tarragon. You started telling me about this one last week, Marn, and from what I remember, it doesn't end well. It does not. <laughs> Uh, well, before we get into talking about the game, uh, we are going to get into some good questions that got sent into us over Twitter. And then just a quick announcement for everyone. Uh, our next episode is going to be the one year anniversary of our podcast. Uh, we released on uh, what is Valentine's Day and my fiance's birthday, which is very easy to remember the anniversary of the show. Um, and to celebrate it, we're going to be doing a uh, basically a Q&A mailbag episode as well as um going back and revisiting some of the old games to talk about anything that's come out since we did an episode on them uh, and rate them all for fun, which we talked about doing at the end of last year. Um, so please send us any questions you have for that. Uh, send us to us on Twitter um, at ArgonautsPod or uh, our uh, email account, which is um, ArgonautsPodcast at gmail.com. We would love to get as many questions as we can into that episode. Uh, so send us whatever you've got. It can be about ARGs, not about ARGs, uh, whatever you're feeling like. Yeah. I don't okay. have anything to add to that. It was a good overview. <laughs> uh, so without further ado, uh, you can send us questions like these fine people did, um, including uh, Snarky Sean, who sent in, what's your favorite clever solution to a puzzle? Um, so I, I was saying before we actually started recording that my, my favorite clever solutions are always the ones where like, um, the, the players find like some kind of workaround or like an answer that they weren't technically supposed to. And the, uh, the GMs just give it to them. They're like, yeah, you know what? You're correct. Well, that's like, I know in the, uh, the Bed Bath and Bionicle, um, ARG, I guess Bed Bath and Beyblade, whatever you want to call that, B B and B. Um one of the parts of the game was Bed Bath and uh Battletoads. Um and so uh what in talking to the game masters after the fact, what they thought people were gonna do was send them like the walkthrough of how to beat Battletoads. Because the the thing was like you know, you gotta beat the game in order to, to keep going. But instead, what a player did was livestream themselves playing the entirety of Battletoads through, like, through the entire game to get to the end as a way to show them how to get through. And mm -hmm. I know that the Game Masters were like, well, we're not going to not reward you for doing that because <laughs> you went above and beyond and did all that. It's not what we were expecting, but, like, hats off to you. Well, job well done. Yeah, those kinds of things are always my favorite, where it's like, well, we don't know the answer to this, but, like, we're not going to let that stop us. <laughs> Sometimes you just got to be an anime protagonist and just, like, smash your head against the wall until the <laughs> wall backs down. It's true. <laughs> um, Alice writes in and asks us, uh, says excited for tarragon 2 uh what's your favorite and least favorite soft drink and i gotta say once that sweet uh pepsi money starts rolling in it's gonna be wild cherry pepsi but until then it's a good old-fashioned cherry coke is my favorite uh this is tough because when i studied abroad i drank vanilla coke like 
almost every day, which like was the least healthy thing in the world of me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but I really like peach Fanta. Ooh, I don't know that I've ever had that. Uh, you can only get it out of the Coke freestyle machines as far as I know. Oh, okay. If that counts, then my answer is cherry Coke with a little bit of lime Coke at the very end. Oh, I do that but with vanilla and orange Coke. <laughs> <laughs> I think I found my least favorite soft drink. Listen, Coke legitimized me by putting out the like orange vanilla cream Coke earlier last year. <laughs> Just like a creamsicle Coca-Cola. I also really like the San Pellegrino fruit uh like sparkling fruit drinks which i'm drinking right now actually i really like uh the lemon ones because they're just sparkling lemonade and there's nothing bad about that i like their um they have a pear one i think like prickly pear oh yes i love those they're so good it's very good um as far as least favorite soft drinks go um I don't really like most diet sodas. Um, I think that diet can work with like a Coke, but like diet Sprite, diet Mountain Dew, like those can get in the sea. Like, yeah. Ugh. <laughs> um, I don't like Dr. Pepper. No. And no, I don't. I don't like it at all. And I don't like anything cherry flavored because it tastes like cough medicine to me. That's valid. Oh, blackberry ginger ale is another one of my top favorites. That sounds great. Uh, I think it's Canada Dry has like a blackberry ginger ale. It tastes like drinking uh, like a bag of fruit snacks. (laughs) That sounds great to me. (laughs) They make a lot of like funky fruit flavored ginger ales now, which is great because like... I have a bad digestive system, Ah. (laughs) and I love sugary sodas. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Um, Friend friend of the show, Nessa, used to do this thing at at college parties called Nessa Juice, which... (laughs) Oh, I don't like where this is going. (laughs) I've only interacted with Nessa on Twitter, and just from what little interaction we've had, this is scary. (laughs) It's, um... It's raspberry ginger ale and vodka mixed in a punch bowl, and then you put, like, real frozen fruit in it, and it Uh, slaps. That actually sounds delightful. Oh, it's so good. (laughs) I'm sorry I ever doubted you, Nessa. That sounds dope. It's so good. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Other friend of the show, Riley Hopkins, writes in and says, What about ciphers do you find fun? At what point do they lose their fun and just become a pain in the ass? Also, how do you proof check your ciphers? Uh, <laughs> Both of know, you Ra- to assume we proof check anything <laughs> we do. <laughs> yeah, as far as I can tell, the best way to proof check a cipher is to put it in front of the uh, the players and then go, "Hey, why aren't they solving this?" And go, "Ah, shit, I got it wrong." Um, I've seen that a lot. Or there are a lot of solutions to things that are like, well, 9 out of 10 letters makes it look like this. And the other one, I could see where they might have messed up. <laughs> so I think that it's just that with a typo. Yeah. Uh, I I mean, I feel like the only way to really proof check a cipher is to go back and undo it. 
And I would probably say that if you get like, uh, if you get to a point where you do not want to fact check your own cipher, you should probably tone it down a little bit. Um, like if you look at your own cipher and go, "Ugh," like that's probably not the best gameplay experience. Yeah, um, I'm with you on that one. And also, I think just like having someone to be in cahoots with helps. Like, Alyssa and I I did the Prairie Song ARG, and we Mm -hmm. literally, like, would work on puzzles on our own and then send them to each other to see what, like, the difficulty threshold was of, like, I send you this puzzle and you have to try and solve it with, like, just the information we're going to give the players. Yeah, I know. I, um... Yeah, I feel like the best way to proof check a thing is to send it to someone and say, hey, can you solve this? Um, and probably give them, like, a little bit of help. Um, you know, just say, like, so the first bit is just base 64. Like, that's not the part I'm worried about people getting because it has two enter signs on the, or two equal signs at the end. If, you know, if, if four people look at this, one of them is going to say that's base 64 just by glancing at it. Um, the part I'm worried about is the second half or something like that. Um, and then going from there and working either like having them tell you their thoughts or something like that. I mean, you know, any game gets better when you have another person play test it. Any puzzle gets better when you have someone else try and solve it. Um, it tells you what your <laughs> shortcomings are and try to go from there. Um, but it's kind of like, um, this is a weird metaphor, but like, uh, so I know, um, with games like magic, um, there are a lot of times where players look at cards that get printed and they go, oh, I found an infinite combo, or oh, I found this card is absolutely busted. How the hell did this ever get through like a play design team without them realizing how broken this was? And the answer is that like the people putting it together can't put as much brain energy into each individual one as like when you release it to a public and millions of players get their hands on the cards. Like, when, million, <laughs> when millions of players get their hands on the card and one person goes on Twitter and says, I found something, and that spreads, like, each million person giving it a minute to look at it is a million minutes. If you've got four people trying to do the same thing, you're asking for a quarter million minutes from each of them, you know? Um, so it's easier to identify problems with a big group doing that kind of testing than just on your own. So yeah, we... <laughs> When I when I ran Humans vs. Zombies at my college, like before we added any new mechanics to the game or like wrote any kind of mini game with like new mechanics that we would have to explain, uh, we had to sit down as like a group of like eight people and go over it like step by step and be like, Okay, how can the players break this? What are they gonna do to like <laughs> to like break this entire mechanic <laughs> that we've devised how is this broken and we're just not seeing it and we would like right. do that for an hour before we decided if it was a good idea well that's like um as so i uh killed chess and came up with chess too um mm-hmm. and when i did it i looked at the pieces in play and like i had to think really hard about like is this busted have i broken anything um and in the end, I decided, you know what? I don't really care. Uh, if someone out there finds a way to, like, strategize chess too, by all means, go for <laughs> it. Like, you broke the game. I'm very happy with that. Um, but I don't know, like... Spoiler alert. I don't know chess one well enough to be proficient at it. So I don't know how I could adequately playtest a thing like that. Um, 
it's just like there are um i know the the team behind from software um who makes like the the dark souls games and stuff like that they have a if i'm remembering the story right i think it's them but there's like a rule in the studio that like before you present a boss fight to someone like you have to be able to beat it um which a prevents their stuff from being like so completely difficult and busted that like an average player of a game can't do it because Spoiler alert, but most people that develop games aren't, like, pro gamers themselves. Um, it's a completely different skill set. Um, but, like, if you have those kind of limiters in place of just, like, if I know what I'm doing here and I can't beat it, there's a problem if I'm presenting this to someone going in blind. Oh, like, in a, like they added that to Mario Maker because people are making, like, incredibly hard levels that yeah. they couldn't beat and... They were like, all right, we're adding a thing so that, like, you actually have to beat your own level before it goes up online. Exactly. Like, if you can't prove that this is a beatable thing, then there's no point in us even hosting it and having people try their their hand against it. So, um, all this being said, we're really only interacting with the, the third part of this, which is how do you proof check it? What about ciphers do you think are is fun? And when do they lose their fun and become a pain in the ass? I think there's a certain appeal to, we've talked about this so much on this podcast, but, like, the instant relief when you've, like, worked out a puzzle, when you've spent, like, an hour kind of teasing it out, and then you're like, oh my god, I figured out the answer. Yeah, you're just like, this is English now. Like, I don't even care what it says. The fact that I can read it with my own eyes is enough for me. Um, I, I feel like that's really the appeal of ciphers and like, I don't know, it, I, I think the fact that there, a lot of ciphers are very like entry level and easy to find resources for on the internet is very cool. And that's Mm -hmm. probably why they're used in a lot of ARGs. Um, yeah, I know. Oh, go ahead. I, I just think they're, they're really like... I guess accessible is the word to pretty much everyone who's going to play an ARG. Yeah, I know that um, they've kind of, they, they're, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a staple of the genre um, to the point where like, I know the ARG subreddit tried a thing around when we started the show. It was like, hey, we're going to put up a call for like, try to make an ARG without a cipher. See what you can do. Like, um, and on one hand, I thought that was kind of, so when you ban those kind of ciphers, you on one hand lose that um, that entry level way that you're getting in, like you're saying, they're accessible. Once you realize something is base 64 and know how to look for it, it's easy to see and you get that rush of going like, ah, I look at this string of numbers, that's base 64. I know it because it's got two entry or two enter signs, at, equal signs. I don't know what those, I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> it has two equal signs at the end. Um and, and I, I can recognize that, and so by doing that, I'm already a step forward. Um, and that feels good to a player. Um, the other appeal to ciphers, I think, is that, like, in-universe, it is... Um, it, it, the story being told is that the information is hidden, and the form tells that through its function. Um, it's one thing to, to sneak a message into a thing by putting the text really small in a video it's another to like scramble it and having it there and saying oh good you found this um you know you can you can 
have a character say, great, I hid messages in a thing by literally hiding messages in a thing. And ciphers are a good way to do that. You kind of lose a little bit where you're like, can't the people that are, you know, chasing you or whatever, can't they also figure out base 64 or whatever? But, you know, you give the players a little bit of work to do and they've got their 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 hands on it and they're working with something that transforms and becomes something real. And I think that has a good story level interaction to it. Yeah, and I think it also has an appeal because there's literally, like, an infinite amount of ciphers. Like, you can just make up your own cipher for your game and tailor mm-hmm. it to whatever you need, which is very cool. Like, um, for an ARG that I ran, I made a cipher that was entirely built around the numbering of, like, Friends episodes. <laughs> I know. Um, another one from the, uh, from the um, Bed Bath & B ARG that was really cool was a Bed Bath & Brady Bunch cipher, which involved oh, yeah. um, using the grid uh, from like from the title screen of the Brady Bunch, where you got all eight kids, or all, whatever, six kids and the parents and the person in the middle laid out. Um, and then it, like, it would say, like, first, you know, the, the code is, like, you know, Northeast 4. And the way that you check that is you go to the Northeast person, and then you get the fourth letter of their name. And then you go from there. Um, that was a cool cipher. And that's not a cipher that has ever existed before or probably will be used again, which is a good thing for a cipher to be based on. Um, things like that, I think, are more interesting than just saying, like, great, and this one's T9, and this one's uh, Base 64, and this one's, and this one's, and this one, you know. Um, yeah. Having a neat story thing that ties it in and is like, oh, you're using the Wikipedia page of the Brady Bunch to send me a hidden message. That's the cool shit. It is the cool shit. Uh, I think they lose their fun and become a pain in the ass when they are random and when they go on for too many steps too long. And it there's no you know hard-coded amount for what too many steps too long is. It's just if I'm looking at a cipher for two weeks and I've been making progress like every day and I keep getting deeper in the rabbit hole, eventually I go, fuck it. Because... At some point when you're jumping between cipher to cipher to cipher, um, you're working with some form of gibberish into another form of gibberish into a third form of gibberish. So it's hard to tell that you're even making progress. That's when yeah. it becomes too much for me. And I, I think they also become unfun when there's not even one kind of like external hint to at least like nudge you in the direction of what kind of cipher it is. Yeah. So I know I... I'm using this because I know Riley was involved in the uh, Bed Bath ARG, uh, but we're going to have a deep dive explainer on it once that wraps up, which I think is soon. Um, but the the like the last thing that we did in that game was a big um, like a big form that um, was kind of a like everything you've done so far. Each question on it was in the cipher that was associated with the media property of that cipher um so the first question was about um like one was about the brady bunch and that one was written in brady bunch cipher then the last one was a like a final question that was all of them put together that we had to like work out step by step moving backwards to figure out what it said because things were a little bit tweaked every time that they were so we had to figure out what was new with it and go from there that was difficult but very cool yeah, um, I agree. Like, that one didn't really become... It, it was a pain in the ass because it took us a while to do it. 
that was more because of holidays and stuff like that and people dipping in and out of the project but like i it it almost never stayed its welcome but i don't think it did and once we got over the hump that we got stuck on it was smooth sailing yeah and i i i think there's a lot of reward in having a hard cipher but you have to give like you have to realize that your players are going to need at least a little context yeah yeah or else or else they're just going to be like brute forcing it and like running the same string of letters through a bunch of decoders until they get it basically and that's not fun it's not (laughs) (laughs) uh so yeah i think that's gonna do it oh uh last question of the day uh other other friend of the show other other friend of the show caitlin uh wants to call us out and say y'all try eating tarragon yet uh no no i i would if i had but i hadn't that was a dumb sentence man this deep thursday energy is not great um i would like to i just haven't gotten around to eating anything with tarragon yet what do you put tarragon in i'm still unclear on that uh it's a it's a uh Recipe with tarragon. Chicken, apparently. My fear for looking up, like, recipe with tarragon is that it's like Googling recipe with basil. Like, it's like, I don't know, you use it on stuff. You make a tarragon sauce. I'm going to make this a, uh... It's going on my list of things to do, is actually cook with tarragon. I'm going to put that on the list. I'll report back. Yeah, I agree. Maybe I'll do that this weekend. Oh, yeah. Apparently it's most commonly used in French cuisine. That's what I that's what I'm finding. I don't know anything about French cooking, so this will be an experience. <laughs> uh with that, we've spent a lot of time on questions. Do we want to move into the game itself? Yeah, let's do it. Welcome to 294 Note Streak, the best idea for a podcast of all time. We use a bracket to rank every song that's ever been in a guitar hero game. That's pretty much it. That's the whole idea. My name's Joe. I'm Riley. We do that thing we just said every mm, two weeks. We rank it on how much we like the song and if it makes a fun chart to play. Is 294 an equally divisible number for a bracket? It's not. (laughs) Is Thunder Kiss 65 the best white zombie song? Can anything topple Hangar 18 in this race to the top? Will Pat Benatar's Heartbreaker defeat Michael Jackson's Beat It? Yes. (laughs) Yeah, spoiler. (laughs) (laughs) Probably. Should Fat Lip be in Guitar Hero? <laughs> Find out by listening to 294 Note Streak on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or a better app. And remember, enjoy music. So, the Electronic Freedom Society ARG uh, is a sequel to Tarragon. Uh, this is going to be a weird one because it is very, very well documented up until the last puzzle gauntlet. Okay. <laughs> in which in which the wiki is just like, yeah, we got a bunch of puzzles and we solved them. <laughs> okay. So I'm forewarning you. Um, so this episode's going to end on a downer note more than I thought it would. A little bit. Cool. Hit um, us. So, 
a lot of, and and as was the case with Tarragon, a lot of the websites that were associated with this ARG don't exist anymore. Right. Uh, which I think is partially the case of why the puzzles aren't documented very well. Um, but instead of Dota lore, uh, this game had a lot of like Team Fortress Two fun facts. I forgot that Tarragon started with Dota stuff. That's right. Yeah. Hell yeah. Let's get into esports. We can't escape Hell video yeah. games. So the trailhead for this ARG, uh, I couldn't send you because the Tarragon website doesn't exist anymore. Right. Um. So it started two-ish months after the Tarragon ARG ended. Uh, someone posted on the Game Detectives Reddit and was like, hey, the Tarragon website changed. And people were like, oh, weird. Who's Uh, still checking that? (laughs) God only knows, man. Um, and and it had been hacked by a hacker named Cody, C-O-D-I. Okay. Uh, and then the YouTube channel uh, for Tarragon, which is the Baphomet Studios YouTube channel, uh, was updated and uploaded a video, um, which in the description says, sponsored by Cody, ha ha ha. And it's basically like a, a voice to text program saying like, I am Cody and you cannot stop me. Ha ha ha. Uh, and the next day they get this video. All right. What we got? Baphomet Studios untitled. It looks like an RPG maker thing. It's like a spy theme. Is this gonna jump scare me? No. It's it's just a video of it's it's just a, a screen cap of Stardew Valley. Okay, this over is Stardew like Valley. a over over some music, um, and and the YouTube description is pretty good. Yeah, tip to the idiots over at Tarragon: learn how to protect your YouTube account. Sponsored by Cody. All right. Um, and so through that video they find another youtube channel i i guess in like the recommended videos uh and i'm just gonna real quick send you a clip from this youtube channel the channel is i love stam from i love sam from stardew valley hi this is cody and thank you for watching my video about the cutest boy in stardew valley sam your family is now like my own. I assume this is Sam? Yeah, I believe that is a picture of Sam Stardew Valley. <laughs> it's a nice, uh, like, ocean sunrise view with Sam's head in the corner and just says, Your family is now like my own. Uh, it's been going for a while. Is it ever going to change? Uh, yeah, right now. Uh, I play with Vincent. I'm gonna skip ahead talk to your mom <laughs> and finally get to know your father okay let me just uh let me just uh send you another video from this youtube account 
I love Sam from Stardew Valley called You Are Real. Hi, this is Cody. Thank you for watching my video about the cutest boy in Stardew Valley, Sam. Some people say that you are not real. Uh, but to me, you are more real than the outside world. You make me laugh when no one else can. And you can even make me cry. So this this channel has 15 unique videos about Sam from Stardew Valley on it. God. And they all look like that. Um, and, but it also had a video called Hi There. Uh, and it is a aggressively, like, flashing, like, huge epilepsy warning if you guys end up looking at this. Uh, but it's, like, an aggressively flashing video with, like, um, dance music playing behind it. And oh, the yeah. caption... Yeah. And the, the YouTube caption says, Hi, this is Cody, and do you want to know me? Okay. And there's text at the beginning... Before the the flashing starts. It says, hi there, my name is Cody. Do you want to know me? Let's see if you're smart enough. Solve this riddle. And then reversed, it says, see you on the other side. And then it's a bunch of asterisks that, like, flash. And one of them is different colored, and it changes to a bunch of different screens with the same thing. Um, with music playing in the background. Yep. Okay. Uh, and... And then, uh, at the same time, there were more uh, Stardew Valley uh, clips going up on the on the Tarragon YouTube channel. Okay. Uh, and one had the Star Spangled Banner in the back in the background. Okay. Uh, so one had the Star Spangled Banner as background music, and one had Twinkle Twinkle Little Star as background music. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um and I believe Oh, and then and then two more videos went up and they were both just like soundless videos of photos of camels. <laughs> okay. Uh and then uh the next day the players discovered that uh, the the flashing stars in the video actually make a constellation, and it is the okay camel uh the camel lepardalis constellation. Okay, I've never heard of that one. Uh, and they discovered that by spelling the name of that constellation backwards, backwards. <laughs> they got to a blogspot account of Cody. Huh. So they found Cody's blog. Uh and is that one still up? Uh let me check. It is. Musings of a lonely girl. Oh. To the people coming from Reddit or Stardew Valley, I really thought you weren't going to make it. Was my riddle that hard? Anyway, glad to see you finally found one of my blogs. Been waiting for a long time to meet like-minded people. People who think like me and enjoy a cool challenge. Sound like you? Cool. Let's solve some more stuff. It's on March 21st, 2016. 
Yeah. Also photos um, of my hacking space, the playground near my home. The internet is weird sometimes. Found this on Tumblr. Weird. And hoops equals jumped. Sorry for making you jump through hoops to find this blog. The thing is, I'm not just looking for any friends. I'm looking for new friends that can truly understand me. People who are into the same stuff as me. That's why I came up with this whole riddle code stuff. And it's not over. If you want to know more about me, find the next puzzle, riddle, whatever in the blog and follow the trail. Okay. <laughs> the Stardew Valley videos. Did they catch your attention? Good. And no. I don't even like Sam. <laughs> Rip Sam, I guess. So good. I've I had never heard of Sam as a character who exists in Stardew Valley uh until today. So <laughs> I guess not that many people actually like Sam. <laughs> um so people found out that uh, if you combine the images from the internet is weird sometimes, and then the map from the post that's called hacked servers, okay, uh, you can overlay the letters onto the map, um, and the dots um, point out certain letters. Okay. So I assume those spell out something? Uh, yes, they do. They spell out the URL for a Tumblr blog. Uh, and the Tumblr... Let me see if it still exists. Um, so they used uh, the hint on the thing about Tumblr. Um... And they got to the pyro is a spy at tumblr.com. Okay. Those are two characters from TF2. Yes. Uh, and it's it still exists. You can go there. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And I will I will link it to you. And it was uh, one of Cody's other secret blogs. The pyro is a spy at tumblr.com. Ooh. A lot of posts. First one says, Hi there. Second one's called Loneliness. Loneliness eats at your soul day and night. It's like hunger in many ways. You crave human interaction. You wish for long talks with a trusted soul. And you desire nothing more than to find your soulmate. Aww. Today. Today my mom was in terrible pain. Again. And for once, the oxy didn't seem to do much. If it goes on like this, I might have to bring her to the hospital tomorrow. My sister. My only other sibling is my older sister, Anna. I don't see her much nowadays ever since she left for college. Are these spoilers for later? Uh, no, I think this is all there when they found the blog. Okay. Uh, ever since she left for college. I guess she was the lucky one. I'm the one that got stuck here in this house while she went away to get an education. Sorry if I sound bitter about it. I'm really not. Not in the slightest. Even though Anna and I don't always see eye to eye, and that's one hell of a euphemism, I love her and know she loves me too in her own way. To all you Redditors, Discorders, is that a word, Stardoers, and TF2ers, congrats on making it this far, and thanks for agreeing to play this little game with me. I'd like to tell you a little something before we go on. If you feel like I'm making you jump through hoops just to get to talk to me, it's because I am, and I'm kinda sorry for that. 
It's just that I've been burned before when it comes to online friendships. Nothing too terrible, mind you, but I met plenty of people online who, in the end, turned out to be sketchy, dumb, or sometimes even a combination of both. This time, I want to make sure I meet the right people. People who can understand me. People who are into the same kind of twisted riddles I enjoy. So yeah, in short, sorry, not sorry. Damn. And then... This is the saddest ARG in the world, Marn. Yeah. You know that story of the dad that goes out to buy a pack of cigarettes and never comes back? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that story was based on my own dad. Haven't seen him ever since he left in the middle of the night 12 years ago. Great dad, really. 10 out of 10 parenting. And then a puzzle. Marn, how are you hitting me with this on a Thursday? Well, you'll see why I'm hitting you with this on a Thursday. Uh, so the the YouTube uh, link leads to uh, a unlisted video on Cody's channel that is just called TF2. Okay. Think it's just a video. I think it's just TF2 audio. Gotcha. And then there's a, a puzzle Here. on the Tumblr site that is like a, a math substitution puzzle, except um, a lot of the numbers have been replaced with uh, TF2 character icons. So like the yes. first one is uh, demo man equals pyro divided by two. TF2. Um, and so they solved it. It doesn't say how they solved it, but it links to a solved version. <laughs> yeah, this is the uh, like the main theme from Team Fortress 2, along with a bunch of character sound effects and the art from the man versus machine thing that they ran. I used to be pretty into TF2. Okay, so this is, you know, demo is 4 equals 8 for pyro divided by 2. Okay, so they do math on here. And it gives you solutions. I was, like, kind of into TF2, but I never played it. I just really liked the comics and, like, the the the, the videos. Yeah, the comics and the Meet the Team videos are great. They're so good. Oh, the comics are so good. When will we get another TF2 comic? I don't know. I wish, I wish Overwatch had half of the lore that TF2 did. They just have, like... For as much more that they want to put into the characters and stuff like Overwatch, they just don't have them. It's not there. TF2 is, like, classic. I'm going to play TF2 T- after this, Marn. Thanks. <laughs> uh, Yeah, TF2 is, is more lore-rich than Overwatch will ever be. Don't send me hate. You know it's true. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody at me. <laughs> So, somehow, I I don't completely understand how they solved this. So, uh, it looks like a pretty, I don't want to say a simple math thing, but like, so bottom corner is a knife, that's the spy symbol. Spy equals one. So then you find another spot with a spy in it. Yeah, so like, the middle one at the top... You have a scout equals spy times nine. So, you know, the spy is one. That means that the uh, scout is nine. And then you can plug the nine in from the scout somewhere else. To the top right, you've got scout plus spy equals um, heavy, I think, is the fist. So then you've got nine plus one equals ten. And then, yeah, it's a, it's a, yeah. 
It's a math substitution thing. Cool. Um, I so I don't completely understand how they got to the next step, but I think that I know. It's just not written down anywhere. So okay, I'm gonna take a wild stab. Um. So. I think what happened is that they added all of the solutions to the math problems together. Or they did something to them. Okay. Uh, and they found an Ask FM account under the name 137. Oh, because the picture says, ask me, add up the, add, convert to letters and ask me a question. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so they were able to talk directly to Cody, um, and they said, what is the next step? And she says, the end is near. Wait, that sounds ominous. Instead, let's say that you're getting closer. To get to the next step, go to this link. First letter of each map rearranged gives you a word. Go to that subreddit. Uh, and the link is to an image compilation of photos of TF2 maps. Um, and so you take the first letter of each map. Um, but at this point, the ARG was put on temporary hiatus. Oh, is is that it? No. Okay. <laughs> so as they started to solve this, I guess, uh, the... So, uh, Gay Farang, who is the GM of, of Tarragon, posted to the Game Detectives subreddit and made a post called Statement About My Latest ARG. Okay. Uh, and he said, Hey guys, for the time being, I decided to put an end to this ARG. First, let me give you a bit of extra information about it so that you can better understand my reasons for taking it down. This ARG, which was supposed to take place in the same world as the Tarragon one, would involve a completely new set of protagonists and entities, was far more involved than the original Tarragon ARG. More storylines, new types of puzzles, new structures, and a more involved plot. It took me a few weeks to try to come up with something that would have been, I think, entertaining and overall better than the Tarragon ARG. Now let's look at what has been taking place over the past few days, ever since the first clues popped up. At most, about five concurrent people have been trying to solve this ARG on Discord. On this subreddit, there are only two posts with a couple of replies each, and nothing else that would otherwise let people know that a new ARG has started. Okay, yeah. I mean, that's args, baby. That's Arcs, baby. I mean, I understand where he's coming from. Absolutely. Like, it sucks to put a lot of effort and work into a creative project and then not have it catch on. Yeah. I wouldn't know since we have such a highly successful podcast, but like, <laughs> I could imagine that that would suck. But also, like... Uh... This ARG had only been going for a day so far. That's one day? Yeah. Buddy, it, it, no it, one's it, gotten home from work yet. It had been going for probably slightly more than 24 hours. Do you know how long it takes for me to hear about an ARG that's happening? And I'm pretty with I it. I know! I'm kind of with it. And I don't know what's going on in Sky Technologies. Like, I... I 
it takes me a week before I can really, like, say, like, okay, this is a thing to add to my life. Yeah. I mean, I understand the frustration, but, like, that's rough. Like, you can't... I don't know. When we launch the ARG to kill all other ARGs, like, we're going to expect the first puzzle to take, like, a week. Like, that's why the... That's... That's why the first thing you do in an ARG is, like, tell people to email a thing, or, like, you do a big video to dissect, or, like, you set up a project that you need people to, like, take time and get involved with, and then when you're ready to go with Phase 2, you've collected, like, everyone together, and now it's time to move on so that everyone's interested and involved at the same time. Right, and, like... It takes time for people to discover an ARG. Like, literally the first step of an ARG is, like, just knowing that it exists. Yeah, like, that's the hardest puzzle of all. Like, even if someone posts about it on, on like, a subreddit, you are you might not even find that. Yeah, like, I, I don't know about your acquisition process, but, like... I've, I wouldn't say that I'm very plugged in, but I'm more plugged in than your average person and probably more plugged in than your average ARG fan. The ways that I learn about ARGs happening, I'm kind of lucky in that I've been able to outsource it to our listeners. Um, just in that people, anytime something even slightly smell, has a whiff of being an ARG, they send it to us and say, hey, what do you think of this? Um, and that's super cool. Um, but otherwise, like... I know that I I missed out on an ARG for a book series that I really liked, uh, the the futuristic violence and fancy suits one. I missed out on the start of that one for a good two weeks because our friend like, the only info that I had that it was happening was our buddy Eli sending me a DM that was kind of cryptic and me not picking up on like, hey this video is an ARG thing, not just hey look at this weird video. Like you gotta find a way to get people in. You can't just expect the audience to be there. How long, how long it had been since uh, Tarragon when this one started? Two months. Okay, so I guess that, like, I don't know. That's that's still a reasonable enough time frame to expect that people might, like, jump back in. But, like, there's just a lot of, um, I don't know. There's a lot of presumption there of, like, why aren't people deeply invested in this after a day? I'm not even deeply invested in books I read after a day. Like, I... I don't know. That's it, It's asking a lot. I understand not thinking it's asking a lot, but it is. Yeah. I like, I, I kind of get it. He's like, yeah, like, I've been having a really shitty month. Like, I feel bad that nobody's playing my ARG. I don't think I have the energy to continue with it. Uh... I thought that, like, bringing in Stardew Valley stuff would bring people in from that subreddit because, like, Tarragon brought in people from the Dota subreddit, uh, and that didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, like, that all, I don't know, that that sucks, bud, but, like, it's not really a reason to throw a pity party and cancel your game, like. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... So, so we're on hiatus after a day. <laughs> right. And so uh, the last thing they got was, like, take take these letters and, like, use them to form the name of a subreddit. Um, um, so they, so they de-integrammed these letters that they got from the first 
uh, letter of the name of every TF2 map in this chain. Okay. Uh, and they realize that if you de-anagram them, uh, it becomes uh, Turbulences. So they went to the Turbulences subreddit. Uh, and literally the only thing there is uh, a video of a flight attendant getting wrecked on a plane by Turbulence. Which apparently had nothing to do with anything. Okay. Uh, and they were like, well, guess the ARG's over. <laughs> womp womp. Bummer. So uh, what do you think of the story of this game, Marn? <laughs> so yeah, so that was like kind of quote unquote like the part zero of the ARG. Okay. Uh, so then... In April, so so this took place in March. Uh, then in April, do you remember Tony from the Tarragon ARG? Is that Super Cop? Yeah, Tony Wan. Yeah, I hate that guy. Uh, started posting on Reddit again. Uh, in the in the Dota Two subreddit and the League of Legends subreddit. Okay. And people were like, what? Everyone died at the end of Tarragon 1. Why is Tony here? Yeah, I I guess he survived. I, I remember that now. Or did we, only, uh, did we only know that he survived because he was in Tarragon 2? I think we only knew that he survived because of uh, Tarragon 2. Okay. Uh, and so he posted a link to a Twitch channel called The Hidden Message. Uh, which was a stream of the Dota Hero Select screen, uh, and it had like a, a text-to-speech voice reading Buddhist transcripts over the video. Okay. Uh, and then there was uh, he posted on the League of Legends subreddit uh, with a link to a website that claimed to have secret information on esports teams. Okay. And people were like, well, clearly this has to be, like, an ARG thing, because we know that this is, like, an NPC from Tarragon. We know that, like, this, uh, like, the guy who was running Tarragon 2 said that he was going to put the ARG on hiatus or, like, stop doing it, but that he also was, like, working on other stuff. So, like, this has to be a part of Tarragon 2. Yeah, like, I, not to, not to, I don't know, backseat quarterback and ARG too much but like this is what you should have done if you wanted oh shit Tarragon 2 is starting up if you wanted that to be the narrative you were going with this is what you should have done yeah I mean I mean at least at the beginning like there were people posting on the official Tarragon website but I feel like Tony himself posting on Reddit has like a, a completely different like surprise factor to it yeah, absolutely. Um, so they have this Twitch channel and they have this esports uh this esports website which is called esportsgossip.club. <laughs> uh and around this time the Tarragon Group website also goes down. Okay. Uh but on Esports Gossip Club they had a link for sending in tips. Uh, and they also had a link to their Twitter page and to a page called start.html. Uh, Esports Gossip Club no longer exists. Okay. But their Twitter 
does. Huh. Um, it's all pretty like bland, like hashtag esports, hashtag CS CSGO. Sure. Um, but so they they find this page called start.html. Uh, it has a number letter cipher on it. Um, and it has the message, your efforts will be rewarded to proceed, go to the next step. Okay. And so they found another hidden page called nextstep.html, which just had a page that said coming soon. Uh, And then I think later in the day, uh, the esports gossip website changed its quote unquote official launch date on the website from um, the 10th to the 20th. Okay. Uh, and then all of the other pages on the site except Next Step changed to say, You're not yet ready. Huh. Okay. And so then, uh, the next day, April 11th, um, the hidden message uh, started their Twitch streams again. Uh, and this time, the text-to-speech was reading passages from the Tibetan, Tibetan Book of the Dead. Um, hmm. And at the end you could hear it repeating this marks the end of tonight's broadcast please click the follow button do not forget to clear your mind and meditate one two three three four five five six seven seven eight nine nine one zero okay and then the next day uh it started again and the stream was called the master secret knowledge And then at the end of the stream, the voice to text said, to reach enlightenment, quit Dota. To learn about your true self, quit Dota. (laughs) To free your mind, quit Dota. To master your desires, quit Dota. To learn the true meaning of life, quit Dota. (laughs) I got a lot of friends who could really stand to hear that message. (laughs) I am your master. I am your guide. I am the lighthouse in the stormy sea. Uh, And then it... Uh, had another number cipher, which was one two two three four four five six six seven eight eight nine one zero one zero, um, and then the next day the stream was the same, but the title changed to "I am your guide," uh, and there was a creepy photo in the bottom right of the stream, which has been handily linked on Game Detectives. Oh God. Yeah, old creepy photos, black eyed kids. JPEG. Thanks, Martin. I hate. Yeah, it's a. Uh, it's this. not good. It's not good. Uh, it's a. It's a black and white photo of a group of kids, and all of their eyes are like blacked out dramatically. Um, and then on the fifteenth, a new stream appeared uh, with a countdown to five p.m. Central Time, uh, and the title: Are you ready? Okay. And then at 5 p.m., the countdown text changed to say, go, and the background became a screenshot of Team Fortress 2, and the music became uh, Team Fortress 2 music in the stream. (laughs) Okay. Uh, 
And then uh, an image of the little, like, Reddit mascot appeared, and people were like, oh, we need to go on the Team Fortress 2 Reddit. Okay. Uh, And they found a post on the Team Fortress 2 subreddit uh, linking to a website called (laughs) doNotPlayTF2.News. Okay. Um... And they found a page of the blog called Chapter 1 that said, Welcome, so you managed to find the first page. Not bad. Let's see if you can keep up the good work. Who knows, we we may even have fun together. M. Go to Chapter 2. I go up the ramp and emerge from the blue shadows. I go straight and enter the wooden house. I immediately turn right and go up a flight of stairs. I then turn left and go up another flight of stairs. Another left, followed by a right turn, brings me to a dimly lit corridor. I exit through the gate, turn left, and go down by using the stairs. I turn right and go straight until I reach a closed-off area. I then turn left twice and enter a red refuge. Where am I? Okay. I, I will say up front, this is my least favorite kind of puzzle in escape rooms. <laughs> Anytime something comes up with a map and I'm just like, all right, someone else handle this. Uh, Chris from uh, Nervous Rex and uh, Kat from Summer Twilight Book Club can attest to this because we did two different escape rooms with them uh, a couple weekends ago. And for both of them, I was like, uh, you guys handle the geographic puzzle. I'm outie. <laughs> um. So this was actually uh, clues to... The clues uh, are all places you can go on a Team Fortress 2 map. Uh, so the answer was the name of that map, okay. which is Dust Bowl. Oh, oh, okay. I remember Dust Bowl. It's a good map. Yeah. Uh, and then they uh, they input a password into the like go to Chapter 2 link. So instead of... Um, how tarragon was they had to put stuff at the end of the urls now they're just putting passwords in to be able to view certain pages okay uh so they they get into chapter two uh the puzzle is uh a cipher in a star wars language uh it was a cipher in galactic basic standard uh, which is like the the basic language in the Star Wars universe. I um I kind of forgot how many weird ciphers the first Terragon game used. Yeah, yeah. We're about to get back into that territory, aren't we? Oh, we are. Um, and it translates to the password of the new page is weird alphabet. Okay. It's my favorite, uh, and then they... uh, my favorite polka <laughs> musician. They enter that uh, as the password to chapter three. And they get a message that says, So far, I'm rather impressed. For a bunch of random people off Reddit, you're actually quite clever. Except for the part where you told people on the TF2 subreddit that it was an ARG before they had the chance to figure it out themselves and maybe have a bit of fun. (laughs) All right. Hey, bud, you can't call out your players for not getting to the game quick enough and then also neg them for trying to bring <laughs> other people into your game yeah. you don't get to do both <laughs> uh, and the rest of the post says anyway a few weeks ago i was talking to a friend about this little experiment that i wanted to run i told him no one would be able to solve my little puzzle looks like so far i'm wrong 
Or maybe my first few puzzles have just been way too easy. Rather tricky to say, wouldn't you agree? Um, and the first five lines of the message spell sailor. And at the bottom of the page, uh, there is a anagram of the word Nautilus. Okay. Um, and so they realized that the password for the next chapter was Nemo for Captain Nemo, who sails the Nautilus in 20,000 leagues under the sea. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the next page has a message that uh, introduces the mysterious M who has been talking to them. Um, she says that her name is Malena. Uh, she is 17. Uh, and she is trying an experiment with the players, hence the weird stream, the TF2 page, and the riddles. Um, she does not think that they're going to reach the end of her puzzles. Um, and she she doesn't think that some of the puzzles she's come up with they're going to be able to solve. Uh, but she says that there is a reward at the end if they do solve everything. Huh. So at, uh, at this point, I'm going to place a bet on whether or not I think Cody is going to come back into play. And my money uh-huh. is on no. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens. Okay. I'm just, I, I as as a, the, the audience surrogate on this podcast, I want to make a called shot into the future uh, and say that I'm going to be disappointed when Cody does come back <laughs> in like the next sentence. But uh, that's my prediction. Um, so the the cipher on this page was originally in brainfuck code, uh, uh-huh. which I, I feel like we talked about before. You like you have to put it through a program and then it, it spits out the answer for you. Yeah, that one was used um, in Frog Fractions too. It was the first code that they went up against. Yes. That's the one um, where I got stuck in uh, the game. I remember that one. <laughs> but apparently uh no one could solve it because wordpress does something weird with brainfuck formatting oh. and so it was it was a broken uh puzzle <laughs> i do love the idea of an npc being like welcome to my twisted web and then immediately smashing their face into the floor as they failed to post their first puzzle i know <laughs> so funny what a twisted web i weave <laughs> <laughs> fucks up their own puzzle yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like stepping on a rake you <laughs> like bet you can't solve this one it's like, yeah you did it wrong yeah of course i can't um, solve it settle down and so then uh, the puzzle eventually changed um, and it had a message at the bottom that said, looks like WordPress messes with brainfuck code. Oh, well, I guess that one's on me. Uh, and it, it changed to a completely different puzzle. Okay. Um, and it was just a letter shifting cipher. Like you had to type one letter to the left on a QWERTY keyboard. Oh, um, Okay. And the clue was one of Isaac's sons, and they found that the next password was Jacob. Okay, from the the Bible. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And 
This one came with a video, which apparently doesn't exist anymore, but it was just a video of the song Hotel California. Um, (laughs) And the message from Malena said, Are my puzzles that easy or what? I have the weird feeling I've been giving you baby puzzles until now. Yes, I know. I should congratulate you at all. But I do have the feeling I'm the one who messed up here. Are you that good? Or is it me just being bad at making puzzles? Kind of an irritating problem to solve, don't you think? Unless I'm looking at this the wrong way. Really, there isn't much else I can do right now except to give you a new, harder puzzle to solve. Are you up to the task? We'll see. I don't think that you're allowed to post like, hmm, did I mess up and give you too easy of a problem to solve when you literally fuck up a post in this chain? <laughs> yeah. Um, Whoopsie and then... poopsie. Looks like I've underestimated you. Yeah, dog, you underestimated yourself. I'm interested to see if you can solve this cipher because I looked at it and I almost immediately knew what it was. But I think that it's because I'm predisposed to knowing what it was. Um, this looks familiar, actually. Um, and I will say the the video on the page de- was definitely a clue, and it was a good one. the The Hotel California video. What's in the video? It was literally just a video of like an acoustic version of Hotel California. Oh, are these guitar? Uh, they are. Things? I don't not notes, but like um They're 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 chord maps. Chord yeah. maps, okay. Like the X I mean I don't is it like the X as you, you let go of the guitar? Not like not yeah, like drop um, it, but like you you you're not pressing down on any strings. Yeah. Okay. Oh my god, they're not called fucking chord maps, they're called tablature. I couldn't think of the word for a second. Okay. I, I don't play guitar, but I know enough people that do that this looks familiar yeah 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 okay yeah um so yeah um and the first letters of melina's message spell out ayakura uh who is a discord user who got name dropped a couple times in the tarragon arg um and also i think is a mod uh on the game detectives wiki don't quote me on that okay. um and they asked Ayakura for help and uh they were able to decode the numbers as chords uh and they read faced which is the next password huh okay that's cool yeah um and then the next page had another message from Elena that said, I'm watching you, watching you on Reddit and watching you on Discord as well. Somehow it amuses me to see you try to solve my puzzles or see you look at someone's comment history and assume a certain website is part of my little game when it's not. <laughs> huh. Um, and then it had a link to like the Game Detectives uh, Discord and the subreddit just being like, Hey, if you like reach this page by yourself, like here's where other people are solving it, by the way. That's cool. Yeah. Um and then it does not say how the next puzzle was decoded. It just says it was decoded once again by Ayakura. <laughs> <laughs> good luck, I good work, Ayakura. 
uh, to read Waffle. Okay. Um. Oh, it's a it's a genetic code. Okay. It's the like G T T A C Gattaca. Yeah, Gattaca. Um. And then the next page. This is another like extremely long string of puzzles as 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 you do with tarragon. Yeah, we did an episode on tarragon before. I know what I'm in for. Yeah. Uh the next page said, "Let me tell you a little bit about me. I'm 17. I live in Spain and I'm a terribly average student. I like video games, writing fiction, and I read a lot of spirituality b- books. And you, who are you?" Okay. Uh and it had a image in base 60 uh that they had to convert to base 10 using some kind of equation um and the and the um the number they got from that ended up being the password the next page said fast way too fast you guys are good okay let's increase the difficulty a bit (laughs) and it had another image which doesn't look like it exists anymore because it was hosted on the website dang um but uh it was basically two fragments of an image and you had to map them like overlay them onto the team fortress website okay like teamfortress.com uh and when you overlaid them on the blog you got a string of letters uh and then when you de-anagrammed the letters they read pyro's default gun that is the. I actually don't know. Is it just the flamethrower? I always use the back burner. It's the shotgun. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. Okay. Um. And the next page had a K-pop video, apparently. <laughs> uh. And another image i mean it links to a k-pop video i don't know if that's actually what was there sure uh and another image and it had more stuff from melena uh it had it she says let's talk for a moment about the twitch stream and its meanings as i mentioned earlier i read i read a lot of books about spirituality the goal of my stream was to try to attract people who might share the same interests my beliefs are not limited to a single religion i pick things i like in every religion ancient or contemporary i study them and if they fit with my belief system i add them to that system to me that's the only correct way to approach religion or spirituality keeping an open mind and focusing on what really matters not on the fluff okay uh and the image was apparently a map uh, and some of the street names had been changed to spell out what is my name. Uh, and so the password to the next page was just Malena. Okay. And the next message said, Congratulations, you managed to ignore the irrelevant information and focus on the right stuff. Not bad. Not bad at all if I can say so myself. Well done, you won. End of the road. No more challenges. You did well. I hope that you will soon visit Spain. Cool. So uh, what'd you think of the story of this one, Marn? <laughs> so they realized that um, 
it actually wasn't the end. Uh, they had to go to the page on the website that was literally called Spain. Oh, fun. Um, and it had a image of a Michelangelo statue and a message that said, you don't want to give up, do you? Okay, fine. Let's continue. You may actually beat this whole thing. At first, I definitely thought you wouldn't, but you seem to be proving me wrong. So as a reward, I'm going to tell you a little bit more about me. I live with my mother in a house near the sea. I have two sisters, an older one who is now off to college, and a younger one who is worthless. Seriously, she's terrible. (laughs) My best friend's name is Sylvia. She's the one who helped me come up with these puzzles, so I'll of course blame her in case anything goes wrong with one of those challenges I'm throwing at you. (laughs) Um, And then they found a page called Mystery... Uh, that said, coming soon. Um, but a day later, uh, the page changed very briefly. Um, just to say, do not trust her in plain text. Okay. Uh, and then it, it, and then it changed, uh, very shortly after to a message from Melina, uh, that said, and this is what happens when I underestimate you. I go to sleep thinking you won't solve both of these puzzles in the meantime, and when I wake up, I find out you did and are now staring at a coming soon page. How rude of me, right? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, And then she talks, and then she talks for a little bit about, like, the ancient Romans and Greeks, uh, and the page had a Templar cipher on it, which I think we've talked about before. Uh, It definitely rings a bell. I think it was used in the original tarragon yeah um it's basically it's just a pig pen cipher but it uses like a, a a fancy cross right um and that had the password to the next page uh which was called sleepy time um <laughs> and uh and it had a message that said you know there's not much for an 18 year old girl like me to do over here in the spanish countryside i get bored very easily so i try to entertain myself by coming up with little puzzles and ciphers for my friends before you start jumping to conclusions though you and i are not friends yet after all we've only just met but who knows maybe one day we'll become friends and talk about philosophy spirituality and all sorts of interesting things uh and people noticed that there was an inconsistency in age where uh, Melina had previously said a bunch of times that she was 17, but now she calls herself an 18-year-old girl. Well, maybe it was her birthday. <laughs> I, um, I and will then say ab- I don't think that a person that is um, very into hearing themselves talk about philosophy and religion uh, and also is lying about their age, I don't think they're allowed to dunk on Redditors as hard as she is definitely not (laughs) so then uh the text on the page changed briefly to say there's none so blind as those who will not see um and there was a video embedded in the page um and also a image that i can't see anymore um and then Oh, it was an image of a man jumping. Uh, and they realized that Melina said jumping to conclusions in the middle of the thing. So they, the next password was conclusions. Ah, okay, cool. Uh, and then they got to the page conclusions. 
Um, and they realized that the password was the password of the previous page, which was loneliness. Um, and they got an image of the Spanish coat of arms and a message from Elena that said, have you ever been to Spain? No, not the page on my site, the real country. Overall, it's pretty nice and the country has a pretty long and complex history, which makes it interesting. I'd like to visit some other countries though, like Italy or maybe France, maybe one day. Um... And then the page briefly changed again to show uh, she's lying. Hmm. Okay. I like this uh, mysterious other person posting against her. I think this is fun. Me too. Uh, And this was a, a stenography puzzle, which is like there's letters hidden inside the uh inside the image of the spanish coat of arms okay um it was a visionary cipher uh where the key was spain's uh country motto and it decoded to the only worthwhile resource in a country of idiots okay which was a reference to Team Fortress 2 lore. Wait. Are they... The, um... Apparently the... Okay, I'm seeing this a couple different places, so I know no one's pulling a prank on me. Apparently the motto of Spain is plus ultra. Yeah. Which you might <laughs> recognize if you watch My Hero Academia. Huh. <laughs> okay. I like that you had to look on a bunch of different sites to confirm that you weren't being I punked. just wanted to make sure that some anime fan hadn't just like, yeah, the national motto of Spain is basically Superman's catchphrase. Like, up, up, and away. Like, no, it's uh, Plus Ultra. Spain's a big fan of uh, All Might. Yeah. Good to know. You do you. Hell yeah. Uh, and so they their clue was they got a screen cap from the Team Fortress 2 comics. Uh, and they realized that the password to the next page was Australium, which is a fake resource in uh, the universe of Team Fortress 2. Okay, yep. And they were like, oh, that's that's our password. Um, and so they open the next page, uh, they get another message from Milena, uh, saying, uh, well, that sure took you a long time and quite a few hints. My best friend Leah helped me come up with this one. Note that her best friend now has a different name. I have to admit she's a bigger Team Fortress 2 fan than I am, and she's the one who told me everything about Australia. Oh no. You're getting close to the end, by the way. Oh no. I'm wrong, aren't I? (laughs) uh and the next puzzle was in the city of john the baptist there was once a very pious man after the fall of the house adorned with six spheres he came into power and tried to impose his his strict religious dogma onto the population of the city unfortunately the city turned on him and he was put to death along with two of his brethren in front of a very famous building that building will lead you to the next step 
isn't this um this is kind of getting back into the tarragon fiction which was like a group founded of people that were against a religious order or something like that yeah there was like the the templars and stuff and the i don't remember the lore I, of tarragon I, I, I don't at all. I, just... I should have brushed up on it but I, rem- I remember, I think it was the Templars, it was a group that was founded that was, like, created as a response to the Templars. I don't remember if they were anti-Templar or if they were, like, into Templars in a, like, and against the church or something like that. But it was a, a spinoff of the church that didn't keep the religious ideals but did keep the, like, order and something if i'm remembering right so it's neat seeing it's i just want to say it's neat seeing this game kind of get back to that like you know looking at some religious figures religious events religious things that kind of define the first one at first yeah um and then another message popped up uh that said see the truth add underscore notes at the end of each page you visited password is bit bit and test notes uh, and you could see notes for every single puzzle, uh, which they have kindly compiled in a paste bin. Huh. Interesting. So these are like in-game notes. Yes. Okay. Puzzle designed by Professor J. Gilly. And then a series of letters afterwards. Percent of test subjects having solved this puzzle during testing sessions. Skills tested. This is a confidential level document. Okay, so this is this is not just some girl messing Correct. with people online. Yeah, at the beginning of each one it says OCT confidential for Omega and Alpha level followers only. Yeah. Okay. Um and it basically it, it shows them that like all of the puzzles they've been doing are part of some test like designed by a bunch of doctors and professors mm-hmm. um and they also notice that one of the testers is referred to as gb um and that in the first tarragon ARG there was a tarragon analyst uh who was referenced whose initials were gb interesting so do we think this is a tarragon test maybe okay uh and so they're still searching for this john the baptist puzzle uh and melena puts a hint up that says you know there are places on reddit where someone would have given you the answer in less than five minutes right (laughs) uh and and so they the arg players put a post on the ask historians reddit (laughs) (laughs) to get their answer it's so funny it is so funny um and i think they uh they got pointed in the direction of um the house in the riddle being the medici house um and then they they realized that uh the location they were looking for was a palace where some famous priest in Spain was executed. 
So okay. I feel like that does line up pretty well with the tarragon lore. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then they get the next page, which has a link to a video of somewhere in Barcelona that I've actually been. Ooh. Uh, it's... <laughs> well, it's a photo of Barcelona, but it's called Sounds of Nature, and it's just playing, like, Team Fortress 2 sounds over it. <laughs> This is so funny. It's really funny. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a it's a picture of uh, Park Well in Barcelona, uh, which is a public park that is very cool. It's made up of like a lot of like tiered gardens and like mm-hmm. weird architectural uh, elements. Yeah, the, the pictures and are all cool. it's very neat. Yeah. Uh, Wiki, like, Wikipedia's public access photos, they have a lot of photos of it. Um, and there's a lot of, like, mosaics and cool stuff like that. Um, and it had a message from Milena that said, Yesterday, I was playing with my dog in the little garden in front of my house. I was trying to come up with new stuff for you guys. New puzzles. Puzzles that would really make you think. I'm afraid this one won't make you think. It's quite simple, really. I'd be surprised if you weren't able to solve it in less than five minutes. Um, and when you take the first letter of the name of each character uh, who makes noise in that video, uh, their names spell out MEST. Okay. Um, and then they get to the next page. Uh which had another image that I can't see and a message from Melina that said, I have to run somewhere and take my brothers on an errand for my mom. I thought I'd give you a hard one to make sure you don't see another one of those coming soon pages. Um, and she now says that she has brothers when she said before that she has two sisters. Okay. Um, and they realized that, uh, the image you could overlay on a map of I want to say the Spain subway system maybe the Barcelona subway system okay. yeah I think that's what this is um, uh, you could overlay it on a map of the Barcelona subway station and it, it ma- and it uh, marks a specific, or not the station, the whole subway system, and the X maps to a specific station on one of the lines. Um, and the name of that station was the password to the next page, uh, which said, coming soon. Oh, well, guess you found the answer, though. Sorry about the mix-up. <laughs> Looks like stations were planned and never opened. Uh, so Libya it is, which was the name of the station. Okay. Uh, and then it had a clue that said the red van and a series of numbers. And then later it changed to say the yellow van and a slightly different series of numbers. 
And it said, the bald man will show you the way. The man in the blue shirt with no face is looking straight at you. The masked gangster looks at you menacingly. The dapper gentleman calmly smokes a cigarette. Forget everything you heard about a red van. I'm doing this on my mobile while bringing my two sisters to the store. It was an honest mistake. A fierce looking gentleman is holding both his hands in the air. Huh. Okay. Um, And then it updated with a image that was a thumbnail for a YouTube video called like Dota 2 for dummies. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, And apparently they needed a bunch of hints uh, before (laughs) they could solve this puzzle. Um, But they realized that the number cipher that they'd been given uh, was 16 digits, uh, which was two groups of eight. Um, And then they realized that the numbers, eventually they realized that the numbers were coordinates uh, to a street in Florence, Italy, uh, where if you viewed it in street view... Uh, it had the name of a company on it. Hmm. And then when you typed in the name of that like local company, um, you got text that said, there's a girl who hates me at school. She's been turning my life into a nightmare for the past two years. She's the one who's been posting stuff on here saying I'm a liar. And you know what breaks my heart? You seem to believe her. Oh, we're getting called out. <laughs> I bet it's... Leah, her friend from before who's helping her with the puzzles, but it's actually, was it Cody? Corey? Cody. Cody. That's my, that's my money. Hmm. Um, and then, uh, more text got added to a previous page that said, Anyway, last night I had a strange dream. In that dream, I was in a weird city. It didn't look like any city I know. It was like a collage of different Spanish cities, like Barcelona mixed in with Madrid, etc. I was walking down a street when suddenly someone tapped me on the shoulder. I turned around. It was a tall man in a top hat. Although I I had never seen him, I somehow seemed to remember his weathered old face. You shouldn't be outside at this time, miss, he said. I told him that it wasn't that late and that I felt perfectly safe. You shouldn't, he replied with a sly smile at the corner of his mouth. I walked away, feeling slightly shaken, and entered a nearby shop. It was a shop unlike any other in the real world. It sold every single product on earth, but it did so in the tiniest possible room. Basically, you had to tell the assistant what you wanted, push a button, and then suddenly the item appeared out of thin air, ready for you to purchase. I immediately decided to purchase a horse, two chairs, and three balloons. Since I couldn't see myself carrying all those items back to my house, I asked to get them delivered. That's where the clerk replied, oh, but they were already at your house. Then he turned around, reached for something under his desk, and pulled out the longest knife I have ever seen. (laughs) God. I ran out of the store as quickly as I could, but while I was shopping, the street had somehow changed. I was now in the middle of an Italian street instead of a Spanish one. I crossed the busy street in a hurry and took a quick glance behind me. The shop assistant was still in pursuit, knife in hand. I started running down the street, calling for help. Needless to say, none of the people in my dream seemed even remotely interested in helping me. They just stood there watching. Some were even laughing and pointing at me. I distinctly remember two grown women pointing at me while talking to their little children. You see, girls, if you don't study in school, this is how you'll end up, she said. 
Out of breath, I stopped running after about five minutes. The shop assistant was gone, as far as I could tell. I took a deep breath and tried to compose myself. Suddenly, I found... I felt something sticky and warm on my leg. I looked down and saw that my entire right leg was covered in blood. Under the sunset light, the blood looked black and shiny. At that point, I woke up, my heart pounding really hard on my chest. Okay, so how do we solve this one? (laughs) That's that's Uh, wild. I know! It's especially wild when you factor in the, the like, notes pages and the fact that, like, some organization is putting all of these pages together. Like, someone had to write this. Some, like, professor had to write all of this. This is the cabin in the woods of ARGs. (laughs) Uh, And there, so there are various, like, typos in this passage. uh, And they form... Uh, the word abuse, which is the next password, okay. uh, which said, uh, for the next page, which said, catch me if you can, uh, and an IP number uh, that led people to a Team Fortress 2 server. Okay. Uh, and they were able to track down Milena's uh, Steam account. Uh, and when they joined the server... Uh, Melina said in the chat, I didn't say anything, but I gave you the password. I am a building with the giant hole in the roof. Follow me. Uh, is that the, um, the Parthenon in Rome? It oh, is. yeah. Because we transferred from a Spanish to an Italian city, and that's what it's famous for. Yeah. Uh, and the next page, they put in the password, they, and the next page said... Can I trust you? Can I really trust you guys? We can't trust you. You're not real. <laughs> You're fake. <laughs> uh, and and they updated to say, also, and I know this is a bit of a weird question, but do you like me? <laughs> oh. This is the saddest ARG, Marn. It is. Uh, and their, their hint for the next... Um, the next puzzle was S-E-F-R-S-H-M-A. If S is I, what is F? Tip. The Dota 2 subreddit may guide you on your journey to solve this puzzle, as well as the next ones. Okay. Uh, and Melena said, also, tip two. I think that bad friend I told you about earlier is the one using all of my site's bandwidth at the moment. Unless one of you guys is using a scanner or a tool like that... No, I'm sure it can't be you. You're too nice for that. Hmm. Um, and they found that the answer to the puzzle was major, uh, because the if you group the letters in groups of two, they stand for Seattle, Frankfurt, Shanghai, and Manila, which I guess are the major cities in dota i don't know if that's true um they might be where major tournaments are held oh that makes like the international i i don't i don't know well enough to know that they have been held there but that's what i would guess yeah i would i would believe that um and so they get to the next page uh, and it says, don't worry, I won't keep on making you jump through hoops forever. Yes, you will. We've my puzzles played will... these games before. <laughs> my puzzles will end tonight. Tonight, I will finally know if you are worthy okay, or not. not. 
Uh, and then the page was briefly edited to say, I will tell you everything tonight from the mystery person. Okay. Um, and then uh, there was a image that I can't get to anymore. That was the puzzle, apparently. Uh, and the solution was Crixalis, the name of the Sand King in the Scintillant Waste in Dota. Of course. Everyone's favorite Sand King. You know, the Sand King of the Scintillant Waste. Yeah, when you look down at the waste and you only see one set of footprints, that's where he carried you. <laughs> that's where the Sand King of the Scintillant Waste carried yeah. you. Yeah, you know. as he does. God. Um, and so they get to the next page. Uh, it says, see, I told you the fine people over at the Dota 2 subreddit would be of great help. You still have not really answered my question, though. Do you like me? Not that I'm shallow or anything, but I like to be liked, if that makes sense. Or to be more accurate, I don't like being disliked. It's a mood. <laughs> at, on, honestly, uh, that, and, like, yeah, when we build our ARG, that's going to be like step one is like, step one, tweet Andrew and tell him you like him. Uh, step two, do it again. Yeah, <laughs> every every one of our ARG puzzles is just like, tell me I'm good. Tell me I'm good. Tell me I'm good. <laughs> Step three, uh, you'd be liking my tweets more if you did like me. <laughs> um, and the next puzzle we get is a Burroughs Wheeler Transform Cipher, which we've never talked about on this show, which I'm shocked because I thought... Tarragon 1 used every cipher there was that existed. Burroughs Wheeler Transform. That's that's uh, that's who we had on for um, Bear Stearns Bravo. <laughs> uh, apparently it's an algorithm maximizing repeated letters in a text which is used in data compression. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> um, but it decodes to voice pack a hero with an alternate. So a hero with an alternate voice pack is what it should read. Okay. Uh, and the and it referred to Spectre, who is a hero in Dota. Um, the next page said, well, that was way too fast. I can't keep up here. The next and last puzzle will be ready shortly. Um, it's, and the f- it's, it's weird that this game is jumping back to Dota. It is. They, they, they went from like delete dota to oh no actually we're going back to dota yeah it 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 seems really odd especially since it started with two different other games like it seemed like it was going to be stardew and team fortress 2 and then they keep going back to those to the team fortress anyways they go back to that well a bit but like not for very long before dipping back over to dota yeah it's odd it is odd um and so the final puzzle they get is a video with Morse code in it. Okay. Um, and the uh, the beeps translate to "I was at TI one. I still play Dota competitively, but I have not been to any other TI. I am well known for playing Morphling, uh, which was a reference to the Dota player Lakels. Okay, everyone's favorite player, Lakels. Yeah, you know, uh, which is LeBron James plays for, right? Yeah. (laughs) Does he play for the Lakers? Is that, is that joke resonant? I don't know. 
I don't know anything about basketball. I'm going to be real with you. I will say 60% of my knowledge of LeBron James is just that vine of the kid going, LeBron James. <laughs> yes, he does play for the Lakers. Boom. Nailed it. Crushed it in one. I'm good at sports references. You did Anyway, so we got Lakers. Yeah, and they get a page that says, Well done, you have solved your final puzzle. There is someone else who wants to talk to you. Come back here in ten minutes. Um, and I love, I love come minutes... back here in ten minutes, because it's like players is like, Okay, I guess I'll keep refreshing the site. <laughs> I guess I'll make a snack. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then uh, the URL electronicfreedomsociety.wordpress.com, which still exists, uh, was added to the page. And shortly after, uh, the homepage of Do Not Play TF2 went down and just redirected you to Google. Okay. Uh, the Electronic Freedom Society blog, uh, when people found it, had one post on it uh, linking to a document on a site for OCT, uh, who are the people who are making the Malena um, puzzles, as you may remember, uh, which was a organization called the Order of the Crimson Temple. Uh, and it was a document that showed that everything up until now in the ARG, including Malena and Esports Gossip and even Cody had been fabrications by the Order of the Crimson Temple as a recruitment program. What? <laughs> what? And that they had also hacked into Tony's Reddit account to post from it. Okay. So Tony's not alive. Well, we don't know for He's sure. He's probably barbecue, though. Probably. Okay. Rip again, Tony. I'm s- I know. I'm sad that uh, this PDF apparently doesn't exist anymore. Uh, but the blog said, see what, see with your own eyes what they've done. And then had a link to the PDF. Uh, come back here in 30 minutes once you've had the time to go through the new information. Okay. Uh, and then it updated in 30 minutes with a post that said, Hi, my name is Mark and I work for the EFS. The EFS is a small nonprofit organization dedicated to preserving and fostering freedom over the internet. A few months ago, we found something by accident that seemed to indicate that a well-known cult, the Order of the Crimson Temple, was planning something. That's right, baby. We're back to cults. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> we... We don't know what it is yet, but we know that it's going to be big and that it will involve the internet somehow. That's every ARG. <laughs> I'm going to start Can I'm we... going to start telling my, when my family <laughs> says, "Hey, what's your podcast about?" I'm just going to say, "I don't know, but it's something big that's going to involve the internet somehow." We need to make a uh, an Argonauts uh, bingo card and cults are the free <laughs> It's space. there the middle spot where it's like some cult is yeah. doing some culty shit. Uh. Uh, given the OCT's past history, we're quite sure that whatever they're planning, which they call the Day of Reckoning, won't be good. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's just uh, that's just what Papa John is doing. <laughs> 
Johns is part of the Terracon Air. Well, he said a reckoning was coming, and then Mr. Peanut died, so <laughs> that's probably linked, right? This is gonna age badly when this uh when this episode comes out and the Mr. Peanut marketing campaign is like over already. <laughs> They'll replace him with a younger, sexier Mr. Peanut. Yeah. Uh, and so Mark also says, I know hey, that the for, order for tried time to travelers listening from the future in early January of 2020 <laughs> planters killed Mr. Peanut, their mascot in a random one off commercial where he sacrificed himself to save uh, that comedian who's in everything randomly. Um, and just I don't know that guy's name, but where Mr. Peanut sacrificed himself after a car accident that was just a rip off of uh uh, Groundhog's Day, um, and then my guess is that they introduced a new Mr. Peanut, maybe a Mrs. Peanut, because it's 2020 and we can live a little. Um, but yeah, just uh, just to let our thing advert or our, uh, just to let this episode age a little less poorly. Also, Papa John uh, was a, a racist man who made pizzas. That's really all you need to know. There, uh, references explained. Let's go on, Martin. Uh, so Mark also goes on to say, I know that the order tried to recruit you, but I was wondering if you would be interested in working for us to stop them. Okay. <laughs> like, hey, I know this cult tried to recruit you, but, uh, what if you didn't do How that? How are your benefits? As I've said, we're a very small organization, and if we want to stop whatever they have planned, we really need all the help we can get. We can't count on police or governments at the moment. They're still busy trying to deal with the aftermath of what happened in Paris a few months ago. And especially tracking those responsible for that attack. Yep. Which, as you may remember, was the end of Tarragon when the players fucked up and a building exploded. By a building, we mean like every like head of state right yeah it was like a building full of all of the heads of state i think they established that like some people survived but a lot of people definitely died so this is like yeah we set up a weird hellscape we're gonna brush under all of it yeah i mean it is very funny that this makes the the connection to that universe and that is like oh the police can't help us because all of these heads of state died and they're trying to figure it out <laughs> yeah and it links to a straw poll that says do you want to help us or not you have 15 minutes to answer uh, and you may remember this mechanic from tarragon I one do. uh which is the the users get given a straw poll uh, and then they have a certain amount of time to answer, and then that kind of determines the uh, the f- the thrust of the story from then on, I guess, or like what direction the story goes into. So to peel back the curtain a little bit, um, I pulled up a website to kind of follow along an outline with you. Um, I don't want to spoil myself, but I'm looking through this as I go so I can read it and keep it in my mind. And uh, this straw poll link is still available, and you can still uh, vote in it. Um, (laughs) I think the the Tarragon ones were like that, too. Yeah, including myself. This one's gotten 40 votes. So, I don't think that, like, this guy really holding out for engagement and trying to get as many people as possible. 
I don't think it really worked as well as they'd hoped it would. Yeah. Oh, um, never mind. I was 41. It just updated. Or unless you... No, that, that was, was you? me. Okay. That was me. Okay. You voted to help the EFS? Yeah. They... Okay. <laughs> Why would you help a cult? <laughs> Sometimes you just want to be on the bad guy side for once. Okay, fair enough. Sometimes you just want to be a little mean. Aren't you ever tired of being nice, man? Uh, <laughs> Don't you ever just want to go a little ape shit? Never. And so most people voted to help EFS against the Order of the Crimson Temple. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Mark put up a blog post that said, thanks, we're all happy here to have you guys on board. Now, as I've said before, we still do not know exactly what that day of reckoning entails. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why our first priority is to find out more about it. Um, so he explains that uh, the OCT ditched their recruiting website, which had like the PDF kind of explaining the Melina stuff on it. Uh, but they could still access some of their files. Uh, and they wanted the players to look at some of the files and pull out anything that was even remotely helpful. So the first thing they got was a YouTube video, um, which is a video with like fake film grain on it and like uh, pictures of different stuff in Spain with like ominous music behind it. Okay. Uh, and then a line of uh, text that was in a cipher. Uh, and Mark said, once you figured it out, send me the answer over on Reddit. Username is EFSMark. Okay. Um, and they realized that the place shown in the video is San Gimigiano in, I guess, Spain? I, I absolutely butchered the pronunciation of that. Oh, no, it's in Italy. Um, it is a medieval hill town in Tuscany. Okay. Um, and they used the name of the town as the key for a visionaire cipher uh, to decode the cipher. And they got the message... The main router is on server D in our San Gimigiano cluster. Okay. Uh, and so they gave Mark the answer, uh, and he sent them the next uh, puzzle, which looks like this. Okay. Uh, and he said, no idea what this is, to be honest, but it seems important. Yeah, it's a bunch of X's with um, some spaces. And a couple of them have brackets around them. So I guess we're trying to figure out what the X's are supposed to be. And then the bracketed X's are going to be important. Nailed yep. it. Uh, and they <laughs> and they realized it actually matched up to a passage on the OCT website. Um, and that when you kind of overlaid them, you could pull specific letters out. Okay. Uh, and the letters spelled format. And so they said that to Mark and he said, so it involves a specific format or maybe format as in a verb, like formatting something. Since you're on a roll, why not go on? This is something else we found. 
and another cipher. And he said, this one should be more difficult. Good luck. Okay. Uh, and then apparently the players got stuck on this one. So Mark sent out a message that said, I know it was a tough one. So don't worry. I'm not surprised you haven't contacted me back yet. Also, I wanted to tell you something. Thanks to the information decoded earlier, we may have a good idea now of OCT's plans. I'll tell you everything about those plans tomorrow, Monday, at 4 p.m. Italy time. Okay. Uh, and they continued to make uh, no progress <laughs> on, on this cipher. Um, and... And then Mark sent out another message that said, We found the password in one of OCT's private directories. It seems to be chose none. The the game detectives wiki says, Following this, basically every cipher possible was tested without luck. <laughs> Are you sure it's chose none and not chosen one? Oh, you're right. It's chosen one. Okay. I just pulled out chose none because that was how my brain split the split the words. Yeah, I got you. Uh, and and then Mark sends out another message that says, "By password, I thought it was clear that I meant the passkey for the cipher. <laughs> Sorry for any con- any confusion." Gang, I gave you the um, answer. And- <laughs> Mister yeah. Police, you could have saved her. I gave you all the clues. <laughs> all the clues <laughs> um and then he's like oh yeah here's something else we found on OCT server uh and it was a picture of a gormark sheep a what a gormark sheep okay. or, or a, gr- a gr- sorry a gromark sheep oh a gromark sheep. uh I don't, I don't i'm giving you shit i have no idea I know. I was like, if you actually know what that is, I'll be shocked because I don't know what that is. Oh, now that I'm looking at them, I, I do, I do know what okay. it is. It's the it's these guys. No, that's not what I wanted. What? I don't even know what that is. Go away. I'm trying to send Andrew a picture of a sheep. <laughs> oh, these guys. This is your go. generic sheep. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. Your standard generic sheep. Yeah, like, I got you. Yeah. They're brown and they got white faces. Um, and they realized uh, it was a Gromark cipher, uh, which apparently needs a five-digit number and a key code. Uh, so using the key code chosen one, people started wildly guessing what the five-digit number okay. was. Uh, and then the page... Uh, with the Gromark uh, photo was updated again to have a photo of the periodic table of elements, uh, which drew their attention to the fact that there was something called a periodic Gromark cipher, which does not need a five-digit number. (laughs) Hey, Riley, uh, this is how you do your troubleshooting in real time. (laughs) the game detective wiki says after looking for some way to decode this without finding any online tool people set to work on manually doing it there there does now appear to be a decoder if you type periodic grow mark cipher into google and i have to mad enough and was like 
I'm gonna yeah. build a cipher decoder for this thing just so that no one else has to go through what we did. Yeah, I was literally thinking that. I was like, I I am so willing to bet that like one of the players did this just so that they never had to do this by hand again. <laughs> uh, and. Then they get the phrase, Trojan was sent to network on Wednesday. Uh, and then it says JS, JLS at the end, uh, which they figured out was a signature by OCT's founder, James L. Stanford. Okay. Uh, they got a message from Mark that said, uh, because they were waiting on the information from him, at 4 p.m. He said, sorry, someone forgot to take into account daylight savings time to calculate the current time in Italy. <laughs> <laughs> the same someone, Ahem Samuel, who also regularly forgets to say hello or goodbye to other EFS employees or even to put the toilet seat down. Anyway, short story, we'll give you the details in one hour. Also, Samuel is fired. <laughs> um, and then an hour later, uh, Mark posts another message uh, that says basically like hey thanks for solving the puzzle uh, I have to be honest with you things are tense at the moment here's what we know for certain the order has something big planned for Wednesday April 27th knowing OCT it won't be good it somehow involves routers San Giovagiano and a virus now we need your help figuring out the rest for this you will work with one of our other employees I unfortunately have to go check on some leads and will be unavailable for the next few days as you do yeah, and uh, within the next couple of minutes, uh, there is a post that goes up from a EFS employee named Martha, um, and she says basically like, hey, uh, there's only six of us working here. Uh, you guys are going to do all the grunt work while we unpack the data you're collecting, uh, but we have to give you deadlines, so you have to solve five coded messages in five days, and you have an hour to decode each of them. Is this starting to sound familiar, Andrew? Yeah, this sounds a lot like Tarragon 1. Yeah. Um, and Martha also says, I will be keeping a tally of the puzzles you solve and those you don't. Uh, you start at 100 points, and every time you fail to solve a puzzle, you lose two points. Uh, the more points you lose, the more difficult the final tasks uh, will have to perform to prevent OCT from doing what the heck they plan on doing will be. Lord. Uh, and they get they get a score counter on the website. Um, and then they get, like, two example puzzles. Um, unfortunately, it I was kind of checking out the WordPress earlier. Uh, and the website that the puzzles were hosted on no longer exists. And they are not logged on the wiki. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, Marn. I'm kind of happy for that, cause <laughs> that I'm not gonna read you fifty puzzles. <laughs> cause I like this show, but I don't have it in me. <laughs> it's almost midnight on a Thursday. I cannot sit listen to a, a verbal description <laughs> of fifty different puzzles, rapid fire, one after another. <laughs> um. So then as they're doing, like, the second set of puzzles, because they're doing ten a day, uh, Martha updates them and is like, by the way, like, since you only have ten a day, 
and you and like that's only 10 hours out of the day because you only get an hour for puzzle in the hours that you aren't doing puzzles you can work on puzzles that like you haven't solved that you had to give up after the hour uh and you can gain back a point if you solve it after the original deadline um so they solve these 50 puzzles uh getting kind of intermittent updates from martha and this other uh, EFS employee called Eric. Um, they find out that the OCT is planning something that's going to happen at the EFS's like home address of where they're based. Um, and then once they're done decoding all of the puzzles, they get a new video on Cody's channel. Okay. Which I'm going to link to you because it's very funny. Feelings. Hi, this is Cody, and thank you for watching my video about the cute... Oh, cutest boy in Stardew Valley. It says feelings. It's a picture of the Reddit. Maybe just the ARG Reddit? Or the or the Game Detective subreddit, it looks like. <laughs> and then I hate you. And the... Like a life drawing doll with a knife in it and blood with static on the background while a song called I Hate You plays in the background. Skip to like one minute and ten seconds. I'm at 45 seconds. I hate you. I hate you. Ah, ah. (laughs) (laughs) And then how to survive backstabbing. With a dagger attacking a businessman with a knife in the back. Okay, so this is what? The cult getting backstabbed by the subreddit? Yeah. Yeah. God. If you watch a little farther, there's like a screen cap of the Discord. (laughs) (laughs) God. All right, so we solved our 50 puzzles. We've stopped Cody, which I guess is the 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 cult. What happens next? So, they get through all five sets of 10 puzzles and then they get a blog post that says, "Hey guys, since there are so few of you at this time and since we do n- do need these things decoded ASAP, we have decided to forward them directly to our new investigators who will handle things from now on. Once again, thanks for all you've done for us. You were of great help." So, we just get fired? <laughs> yeah. Basically, it's established in some of the, like, little, like, flavor posts in between the puzzles that, like, Mark has hired a private investigation firm to help them look into OCT. Uh, And he's like, yeah, once these guys are set up, like, you won't need to solve puzzles anymore. But, like, until that, uh, why don't you keep solving them? Uh, And then... Like, a couple days later, he's like, you're fired. <laughs> After we solved 50 puzzles in ten in five days? Uh-huh. Lord. And figured... And 
like the players i mean okay the good the decent part is that the players apparently actually helped the organization figure out OCT's plan, which was to release a virus to erase everything ever written written or published on the internet. Okay. <laughs> and basically, like, hold the entire internet hostage for $1 million per batch of data. <laughs> what is a batch of data? Like, if you want to download like, let's.jpg, you need to pay me a million dollars? Like, if one bank, I guess, like, wanted to get its records back, that would be a million dollars. That's a weird hellscape, because, like, banks would definitely do that. So, like... Okay. <laughs> How are they gonna send the money if they don't have internet? You know what? You're raising a good question. Write, write us a also, check is... and then walk it to this place and we'll pick it up and then take it back to you, the bank. Also, this is the, if the data is not monetizable, it will be permanently erased from the internet. So they've, they've essentially written a virus that is sophisticated enough that it can distinguish like bank records and like insurance records and like government documents from like people's twitter dms so like my student loans remain but my google drive doesn't cool dope dope cult you got there glad we sided with the other guys yeah I I I have to wonder what this ARG would have been like if they had sided with OCT. Yeah, I really wonder. Well, they would have ended the internet after everything was said and done. Then the players would have known. They'd try to log on to Discord and been like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh no! Everything ever on the internet was Wait, erased. Yes, we succeeded. The world's most uh, innovative ARG. <laughs> We did it. We erased the whole internet. Good job, everyone. <laughs> We're free. <laughs> <laughs> the ultimate ARG, freeing yourself from the bonds of the internet. <laughs> so is that just it? We're, we're fired. Good job. Thanks for playing. Bye. Um. Yeah, basically. So, uh, so after that... Um, OCT's website went down, and then uh, Gayferang, the creator, uh, did a kind of, like, very loosely structured Q&A on Discord, um, and kind of popped in uh, to say, like, hey, uh, this ARG kind of, like, started very slowly, Um, I've been getting less and less hits as time has went on. Um, I, I kind of started it because I was in a bad place mentally and I needed like a project to focus on, but instead of making me feel better, uh, it's been making me feel worse because like it's a huge time commitment and I feel like not enough people are like doing it for me to commit to doing it for like another few weeks or however long it takes, uh, and I feel really bad for the people who are participating in it, but, like, I, I need to stop. That's fair, and that's a healthy thing to realize about what you're doing. Yeah. Like, it, it sucks to end abruptly, but, like, 
at the same time, like, you don't owe people a ARG. So, like, if that's what you gotta do, it's what you gotta do. Yeah. Um, and then uh, he kind of stuck around and did, like, a Q&A, uh, answered what uh, was going to happen at the end of the ARG. Uh, he said the the new investigators were going to get poisoned by OCT. <laughs> uh, and then the players would have had to uh, find an OCT mole working at the Electronic Freedom Society and find out who it is. Uh, and then stop the Day of Reckoning, which was the whole virus thing. Hmm. Uh... And someone said, so if a future ARG does happen, do we assume that OCT won? And he said, I don't think there will be another ARG set in the same world. EFS definitely won, though. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, canonically, no virus. Canonically, no virus. Heads of state are all dead. But, okay. Okay. Yeah. Do you think we're ever getting a third? I don't know. Oh, also someone someone was like, "Hey, why uh why do you take the why do you take the websites for your ARGs down?" And he was like, "Cuz my web host is very cheap and I don't want to pay for the extra traffic basically." Yeah, basically that checks out. <laughs> well, that's kind of a a bummer on a uh it's kind of a bummer on a on it's 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 both like a downer note in game and out of game, but it's probably for the best that it ended. So it's hard to say like yeah. it sucks, it's over. But I guess that's EFS. It's true. And like apparently some of the the like 50 puzzles that they got were like actually really involved. Like there were two rpg maker games that the the gm basically made from scratch in like 10 hours each uh, and they had clues in them and i i i know i i kind of get the impression that he was just like extremely burning himself out making this it really sounds like um and i'm i'm kind of glad that he realized that he had to stop before it got yeah, worse. Yeah, like it's infinitely better than the alternative, right? Yeah. Huh. Now I feel kind of bad saying, do you want to rate the game? I know! <laughs> Hi, I'm Caitlin. I'm Jess. And I'm Monty, and this is Palin' Around. Palin' Around is a critical podcast focusing on video games, fandom, pop culture, and how they interact with the internet. Twice a month, we'll be diving into big topics and asking the hard-hitting questions, like... Why can't Blizzard get its shit together? How does crunch culture tie into the toxic masculinity of the games industry? How has being fandom trash impacted our adult lives? And everything in between. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or your podcatcher of choice and pal around with us. What do you think of the the story of this one, Marn? I think it's more interesting and easy to follow than the original Terragon ARG. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um... I will say, I think that the story's a lot cooler before it was Terragon 2, you know? Like, when it was just following this girl across the internet as she's posting puzzles and doing this stuff, and it might be, like, 
secretly behind the scenes it's these people pulling the strings that's a cool ARG when the curtain is pulled back and it's revealed that like oh it's just this group again and now we're gonna help have you help us stop terrorists that that one that doesn't do it for me as much as the first one did yeah I I I definitely would have liked this better if the players had somehow gone the route of helping out the uh the cult <laughs> yeah that could have been cool i you, you know me i'm 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 done with cults so that's not really my my jam anymore yeah it's just kind of like oh it's turning into like an anti-cult story that loses me entirely i do like the idea of like these people have been trying to like play a puzzle on us and we can turn back against them. I would have loved that idea. But being a cult group isn't doing it for me. Yeah, I agree. I think I think you can tell a good cult story with an mm-hmm. ARG, but I have I have yet to see one on this podcast that has impressed <laughs> me. I think I agree with you. Maybe Frog Fractions? Was there a cult in Frog Fractions There was everything too? else. Oh, there there super was. There was, like, the creepy priest, Zagmar. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That was cool. That was cool. I'll give it to them. Yeah, I, I just think that... I think that part of the reasons that cults are a bit played out is that nobody understands what a cult is. Um, like, I feel like there's a real oversimplification of cults and what they mean in fiction and then it gets lost to just be we're a group of people doing a thing um i don't know like an evil pta like at some point you need to make it like i I don't know i i just feel like the actual interesting things about cults get lost when you just cast them as group of affiliated villains that are trying to do a bad thing yeah, I, I completely agree. So, I don't know. I think there could be a good cult game. I don't want to make it. But I'm sure someone out there could. It'd probably yeah. involve, like, getting indoctrinated into the cult. Or not indoctrinated, but, like, infiltrating a cult. That would make a cool ARG. Where you have to, like, pretend you're a part of the cult and, like, work with people. And probably, like deprogram a person that's probably where you want like a cult-based game to go in a way that's actually interesting and engages with cults as a entity now can we integrate a cult into the arg that kills the all of the other args and oh, absolutely it's, it's going to be a cult devoted to args hell uh, we, yeah we all worship uh botar it's twenty thousand like it. years in the future. I, I am, <laughs> I am definitely going to start referring to it exclusively as the ultimate ARG that kills all of the other ARGs and eats their bones. This is the first time hearing of and eats their bones, and I'm all for it. Oh, have you not heard? Hang on. So, I think what happened was Ryan Johnson posted. Uh, or no, uh, John Dardell from the Mountain Goats uh, was like, oh, I was joking around with Ryan Johnson on Twitter uh, about what... Okay, so what happened... (laughs) So what happened was... (laughs) I'm reading, like, a recap of this. So Ryan Johnson posted on Twitter, this was around the time that, like, Rise of Skywalker was being Mm -hmm. announced, 
uh, it was like, Ryan Johnson was like, oh, I have a, I have like big news about Star Wars, and John Darnell from the Mountain Goats replies to him, and is like, so that, so does that mean you've rejected my song that I wrote for your movie called The Ultimate Jedi Who Wastes All of the Other Jedi and Eats Their Bones? <laughs> 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 That's. And Ryan Johnson replied, it was like, hey, can you actually write this? I want to hear That's it. That's the Rise of Skywalker. Uh, and he actually wrote a song called uh, The Ultimate Jedi Who Wastes All the Other Jedi and Eats Their Bones. And you can find it on uh, SoundCloud. It's it's on Ryan Johnson's SoundCloud. I'll link it to you. Oh, it's so good. It's It's about, like, a young Jedi who has to fight the ultimate Jedi who wastes all the other Jedi and eats their boats. Specifically just their boats. All this is to say what do you think of the story? I feel like it's like a four. Yeah, I think it's definitely Tarragon a four. Is much stronger on like their attempt at giving puzzles than they are on their attempt at delivering a story. And I think that shows through here where it's like, great, solve 50 of these fuckers. Yeah, I will say that I think that the Terrigan guy puts a lot of effort into his puzzles, specifically with like this, where he was like making RPG maker Absolutely. games and like spending so much time on that. Yeah, transitioning uh, into the puzzles. Not, what do you. Oh, go ahead. Not a lot of effort into the story. Yeah, I think I agree with you there. It's like a three, four. Yeah, like a like a three point five. Yeah. yeah, I'm not huge into that. Um, but what do you think about the puzzles? Um, I kind of like them. I I I'm I'm feeling more generous towards this one than I than I was towards Terragon, perhaps because I did not have to read all fifty of those fifty puzzles. Yeah, to you. I think that. I think I agree with that assessment. I I feel like I, I assume this was my criticism in the Tarragon episode. If it's not, imagine that this said this then. But I feel like um, you lose a lot of the forest for the trees in this one. Or you lose the trees for the forest. However, I'm trying to say that. It's midnight on a Thursday, whatever. Um, but like I feel like you you lose sight of your goals and just throw a bunch of puzzles at people and it makes all of them seem less cool. Yeah. Um, but I will say a lot of the puzzles here had like at least some kind of thematic coherence that I don't think they did in the original Terragon. That's true. The ones that we talked about now, I think that that's true. The ones we talked about definitely did. Unfortunately, we didn't talk about the majority of them. And I <laughs> yeah. feel like not that i don't want to give the creator the benefit of the doubt just that like creating 50 thematically relevant puzzles that have to be solved under strict deadlines just doesn't feel like something that is going to get accomplished well i could imagine there being maybe 10 really good ones 20 that are okay and then like 20 that are just like these are also here so that people have something to do at 3 p.m on thursday and you know 8 a.m on friday like i i 
I don't know, not to give, I don't, on one hand, I don't want to give the benefit of the doubt because I don't necessarily know that it's earned with the big puzzle gauntlet that was Terragon 1, but I don't not want to give that benefit of the doubt because the ones in this game are very cool. So it's hard to make a call on something that we don't see the majority of. That yeah. being said, I would hate playing through a puzzle gauntlet like this just because it's not for me. Um, so my gut is to give it like a five with the caveat that like, I can't know for sure. Yeah, I could, I could give it a five. And then, uh, what do you think about the replayability of this one? Um, it was not super well documented. So, um, and, and two of the, major websites uh don't exist anymore yeah yeah there's i don't know a lot of the a lot of what you said is then there was a puzzle which involved a picture that's not here anymore uh but it led to this and from the sound of things the puzzle was have been cool it's a shame that we can't see it and it's a shame that it's gone now um plus the big bulk majority at the end there is 50 puzzles that are all gone so not super well documented. Yeah. So I would definitely rank it low for replayability. Yeah. I think it's pretty low too. And uh, how do you feel about this one on a a fun scale? I, I, I feel like fun is kind of a misnomer, but like how fun is it? How interested are you in it? How, how well does this grab your attention and hold it as a game, I guess? Is that kind of what we're looking for? Yeah, I think... Yeah, I, I feel like we probably need a, a more descriptive thing than fun. But uh, mm-hmm. we'll get there. <laughs> I don't What's know. How feel? How does... What's the mouth feel of this game? Yeah. <laughs> What's the mouth feel of this ARG? It's like, hmm. Um, it's a good ARG. <laughs> does it have that... Does it have that je ne sais quoi? I don't know. Because, like... Last week, we went into an ARG that I thought was going to be really, like, bland and whatever, and I came out really enjoying it. And this week, we kind of went into an ARG that I thought was going to be really kind of convoluted yet bland, and I'm coming out thinking the same thing. Mostly because I think we've already discussed an ARG by the same creator, and I know how I feel about, like, the way they structure their ARGs. Yeah, I I will say, it's hard to... It's hard to rate this one with ter- the shadow of Terragon looming over it, um, since that one was a fully completed one, and this is one that like stuttered at first, restarted, re-got its footing, went forward, and then fell at the end. So it's hard to say that like how coherent it is when the beginning and the ends are both kind of chopped off. Um, and... I don't know. Maybe we maybe we would have been able to get more fun out of this game trying to rate it on a Thursday on a Friday night with that Friday night energy instead of <laughs> on a Thursday night with that Thursday night lack of energy. Um, maybe that's I don't maybe know that's though. True, but like I, that's that's what I was gonna say is that like I don't think that the I don't think there's enough there to really like dig your teeth into the bones aren't there. I don't want to eat. Yeah, these bones. like this. <laughs> this 
absolutely did not capture me as much as uh iris i think did. That, i think that that's kind of the framework we got to use is like did this capture you even with you know the caveats of well, the puzzles aren't here we can't actually play it in the, now but like moving forward like how well did this game catch you some of that's going to be down to like us talking about it like I, I know that, you know, I know that our show has been purely scientific up to this point, but we are going to have to add that non-scientific element of, is it interesting or fun to talk about? I don't necessarily think this one was. I think it raises some interesting ideas about games and what, like, it means to be a creator and what you should expect out of an audience, but I don't think that the game itself is super interesting to discuss. Yeah, I agree. If I were teaching the class on ARGs, this would not be in the curriculum. <laughs> I'm I'm with you. I I don't. This is, is this mean? Is it mean to say that I don't think it does anything particularly like innovative or like puts a puts an unexpected twist on anything? I don't think it is. I think that I mean it's okay. it's one of those things that like we're I don't know we're years out from the game launching and no one's like you know what my favorite ARG is tarragon too <laughs> i don't know yeah all right you've I, I got me there i don't think it's mean to look at something and say this didn't grab my attention very well okay fair enough sorry guy <laughs> <laughs> um all right well uh with that out of the way do we want to move into recommendations i'm, I'm glad that we started sure. reading on fun with a game that we're just like eh, not really um <laughs> but um what do you have to recommend for the week martin uh i have two different recommendations for this week uh my first recommendation is that uh go see little women i watched it last week with Alyssa, and it's very good i've heard it's really good <laughs> oh it's really good um there was a lot of a lot of people crying in the theater when i saw it <laughs> If I don't necessarily like period dramas, am I going to like it? I think that there is a lot to enjoy about it if you don't like period okay. dramas. Because it, it's it's more of a character piece than, like, a period piece. Okay. That's been my biggest hang-up on seeing it. Just because, like, I don't know. I, I The same reason I never saw, like, The Favorite or other movies that came out around... Oh that my have, like, god, the favorite's so good. That's what good. I hear, I just don't... I don't know. Anytime someone puts on a petticoat for a role, I'm like, I'll pass on this one. <laughs> the favorite's really good. Um, my other recommendation is that... Uh, so, I, I work a, a library job. I just recently kind of got rehired at the library that I used to work at. Uh, and I listen to a lot of music while I work. Uh, and I listen, I like to listen to a lot of, like, musicals and, like, concept albums because it gives me something to focus on. Uh, so my other recommendation for this week is the band, uh, The Deer Hunter. Um, and they have five albums that are called Acts 1 through 5, uh, and all five albums form, like, a continuous story of this protagonist called The Deer Hunter, uh, and it's very good, and you should check it oh, out. Yeah, that sounds super cool. Kind of the the basic premise of kind of the back half is that 
Uh, it takes place during, I want to say World War One. I. I think that's correct. Um, and so Act Act One and Two are the are on the short sides. They're both like EPs, I think. Uh, but the the kind of main action of the back half is that uh, the deer hunter uh, goes to war, uh, finds this guy who looks very much like him, uh, who is like in his unit. Uh, the other soldier dies and he steals this soldier's identity and like goes back home as this dead soldier and like pretends to be him. Hell yeah. And like basically takes over his life. Uh, it's really good. The songs are super good. Uh, and you should check it out. I think act four is probably my favorite, but I know other people feel differently. Um, and I know that the deer hunter is doing like a, like a prog rock cruise with a thank you scientist to go to Cabria <laughs> this summer. Nice. Which is kind of dope because they don't tour a lot because a lot of their songs are like fully orchestrated. <laughs> and I've definitely, I've definitely caught myself like seriously thinking that about going. That sounds like Marncon. Oh, I know. Uh, they also, so in addition to like the the Deer Hunter saga, they also have a whole um, like a double album with uh each set of songs is based on a color in the color spectrum um and they have like an ep that they released a couple years ago where uh it's like six tracks each one of them was written uh from a prompt that a friend gave them and it was recorded like at that friend's house while they were touring (laughs) it's very cool they're doing a lot of like cool stuff like experimental stuff and i think that's really cool I will definitely have to check them out. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. My recommendation this week, I haven't really gotten a chance to do a lot um, or to watch or read a lot. Um, what I did do this weekend is went to a, um, I went to a uh, magic event. It's called a pre-release. They do them for their new sets. It's like the weekend before they release uh, where you go and you can play with the cards early. Um, so my recommendation is the new magic set coming out called um, Theros Beyond Death. Uh, it's really cool. If you like magic and Greek mythology, it is a um, blending of the two uh, with the magic world of Theros, which is like a, a Greek-inspired set um, that cares a lot about like enchantments and creatures and like the gods bestowing enchantments upon people. Um, the set's really cool and a lot of fun to play and they have a lot of really cool, fresh, interesting cards that I'm very excited to play with. Um, I know that I, I don't know. I, it's been a while that since I've played a magic set that like actually, uh, made me happy. I know that sounds kind of weird, but like there's a lot of, I've played a lot of magic because I like magic and new cards are fun to get and to play with and experiment with and enjoy. But like playing this weekend was uh, some of the most fun I've had playing the game uh, in a while. And the cards are all really cool ways to play magic. Um, So if you're interested in the game and want to get back in or want to learn how to play, this is a cool set to do it with. That's probably, I, I guess that's my recommendation for the week. I know 
the newest set of magic cards is a weird recommendation, but that's where I am. I still need to learn how to play magic I at some teach point. You. I used to be a uh, judge Hell yeah. for magic. I used to like run events and do all sorts of stuff, but then uh, community stuff happened and I decided to step away. Yeah, I remember that. I used to know in, like, middle school, because I was very into, like, collectible trading card games in middle school, and then I, like, immediately forgot how to play every (laughs) single one of them. I know. I picked up a lot of bad trading card games back when I was in elementary and middle school. Um, Did you ever play the Neopets one? Oh, yeah. I was about to say I was super into the Neopets card game. I still have all my cards. I got my my sister a starter kit for that, and we actually really enjoyed playing it. Uh, we never got any extra cards and never, like, grew beyond just, like, the starter kit two decks. But we really liked it. I don't remember anything about it, though. It was, like, it was like a good card game. I think in part because it was, like, extremely simple because it was for, like, younger yeah. children to enjoy instead of being, like, magic. But, yeah, it was, uh, it was good. I enjoyed it. Um, I... When I was in middle school, I made my own card game that I drew on note cards that was based on the Neopets card nice. game. <laughs> but with, like, hand-drawn anime <laughs> pictures that I made. And I forced all of my friends Hell to play yeah. it with me. <laughs> I made... Uh, and it was... And it did feature a lot of copyrighted Nintendo characters. <laughs> I, uh... uh... Uh, fun fact, you might not know this about me, Marn. Uh, when I was a kid, um, I got together with my friends and I was like, hey, what if we like made a board game that did a lot of um, the cool stuff that we like in video games, but you do it like as a oh board game and you um, you like go walk through and it's like kind of a dungeon that's set up and you like walk your characters through it and you, um, you know, and then you meet monsters and you have to fight them. Um, I invented tabletop role-playing games when I was eight years old. I don't know if you knew that about me, Marn. That's incredible. Um, so y'all are welcome, because I, I did that when I was I was eight. Um, so welcome to the genre. I'm glad you all are having a good time with it. Um, yeah, I didn't realize that there had been... Like, uh, it was... I, I did this thing called, like, Camp Invention, and that was our, like, big invention, was this cool board game thing that we came up with. And, like, our advisor or whatever, the counselor looked at it and was like you just made D D. like that's you just <laughs> that's a thing like you didn't invent a thing you like by in, invent i mean like use like mechanical parts and hot glue to make something look like something it's just as sophisticated as we were getting but i was like it'd be neat if this thing existed and they were just like this definitely does kid like let me let me show you a book that's gonna blow your mind um but yeah, it's fun inventing cards and games and stuff. I can't believe that you invented tabletop role-playing games and then shared them so graciously yeah, with the rest um, of us. You're, I, you're welcome. Um, I, I like to think of myself as a benevolent ruler, so, um, you know, I'm not going to keep it to myself. I'm not going to hide it under a bushel basket. I can't believe that you invented D&D 2 before real D&D <laughs> ever came out. <laughs> someday i'm gonna make monopoly too and it's gonna be over for y'all 
Uh, I there there was a Monopoly game jam that ran like last month. It might actually still be going on. <laughs> you gotta make Monopoly I'm make sorry too. <laughs> Candyland two. There we go. Candyland a, two. It's a D and D supplement where you play in Candyland. There's Land. actually. <laughs> there's actually one of the. Uh, one of the um, the hosts of All My Fantasy Children, which is a, a sort of an mm-hmm. actual play podcast, has a has a fake uh, Twitter for his like Candyland Two E <laughs> podcast that like doesn't exist. <laughs> is that a uh, is that Storm Dancer? Um, hang on, I, I gotta find the podcast. That's incredible. Or Page, Jeff it's Storm so or- fucking funny. It's no, it's not Jeff. It's it's, uh, it's Aaron, okay. the other host. Uh, but it's it's a it's a fake Twitter account for Kate, the King's Plight podcast, which is the only Candyland Two E podcast. God. Uh, it's really funny. This is so funny. Uh, and they like tweet like joke things with people that's like uh what if we pay you a hundred dollars worth of exposure to tweet nice things about our show for four weeks in exchange we'll shout out your podcast in the closing four seconds of our bonus content that may or may not ever be released (laughs) oh my god (laughs) lord Exhausting to see so many games being played on podcasts that aren't Candyland 2E. When will people wake up and realize they're being played like fools? <laughs> I think I think it started because uh because of a joke thread that was like uh bad news candy fans, if you've been following my Candyland 2E actual play podcast, you'll know that we've recently been hit with a plethora of technical difficulties. To get us back on track, the cast of King's Play is in need of 12 microphones, $12,000, 6 monitors, $600, 12 mice, $200, 2 new voice actors to play Lord Licorice, 1 lead, and 1 cover, $0 exposure. Lord. Uh, it's so good. Uh, anyway, you should make Candyland too. I'll get a, I'll I'll write up Candyland Second Edition. Candyland Two E. Is there a way? So like, games discourse. Candyland isn't a game, so I need to figure out how to make the not game equivalent of Candyland. Wait, hold on. Candyland isn't a game? Yeah, no, it's not. There's no agency that players expend on things. You flip over a card, you go to the space that has that card on it, like that that has that color or whatever, and then the next thing happens, like the next player goes. It's entirely deterministic. There's no player choice or actions that are taken by the player to make anything happen. Are you sure? I yes, there's there's no like if you if you so you take out a game of Candyland, you you and your grandma play the game, right? You you 
which is my experience with Candyland. Um, I flip over a card, I go to the green space. Then Grandma Jane flips over a card, she goes to the blue space. Then I flip over a card, I go to the red space, right? And then I flip over a card that says, like, red or gumdrop forest. And then you, like, go to the re- next red space or the gumdrop forest space, whichever is closer. You don't choose. So, like, you play the whole game, you, you do the whole action of Candyland and you get to the end. And then when it's done, you can go, okay, great. And then you can take both pieces and put them back at the beginning and take all the cards that you've flipped over and put them back on top of the deck in the same order. And the game plays out the same the next time. There's no actions taken by the player beyond just picking up a piece and moving it. It's not a game. It's just a fixed thing that plays out in real time. Weren't there... Aren't there spaces where you can get stuck? Am I misremembering Candyland? Yeah, but when the places you get stuck, you just land on the stuck spot and it says, Great, you're stuck here till you flip over a blue. You never make a choice, you just flip over cards until you hit a blue. Okay, fair enough. Um, sorry, I, I got on the, the Candyland Wikipedia page and I'm learning a lot more than I ever wanted to. Uh, apparently... Adam Sandler was supposed to write a Candyland movie, uh, but was stopped by a lawsuit uh, from the company that owns Candyland. He just did it without the... He was just like, I'm going to start doing this. And they were like, fuck off. I think because Hasbro said that he could do it, but apparently the, the rights to the game are actually owned by some other board game company. Sure. Uh, Someone has Hasbro. Okay. Huh. Uh, Also, apparently Candyland uh, was designed in 1948 by Eleanor Abbott while she was recovering from polio. Can you imagine being so bored you invent Candyland? That's going to do it for us this week, folks. If you want to find us, you can go to twitter.com. Uh, you can find the Argonauts podcast uh, at Argonauts Pod, or uh, you can find us individually. I am at AC, Sher- AC Sherman by the time this uh, goes back to coming out. By the, time uh, this, I... by, by the time this comes out, I will be at AC Sherman. I am at Corpse Survivors. Uh, and if Twitter's not your jam, you can always send us an email with any questions, uh, comments, concerns, cool jokes, things like that. Uh, send us an email at argonautspodcast at gmail.com. A reminder, we're doing a, uh, a mailbag episode next week, so please send those in. Uh, we want to hear as many questions as we can get um, and answer as many cool questions as y'all have. Yeah. Uh, also, send us your internship applications. Yeah, send us your internship applications. We've been getting a couple, and they're pretty good. Uh, but I don't know that we found anyone that we really want to commit to yet. Uh, so send us your, your, your applications. We're very excited to see them. Yeah. Um, otherwise go to patreon.com, uh, patreon, P-U-H-T-R-A-Y-I-N.com, uh, or patreon.com slash the Argonauts podcast. Uh, if you want to, uh, throw a couple bucks our way, it means a lot to us. Uh, and it's a great way to support the show. Um, but until next time, that's args, baby. Two, three, four. Stay true to the path, young Jedi. Cleave to the precepts you've been given. Two, three, four.
Remember those who went before and cleared a way for you. Let your deeds give hope and comfort to the living. Let your deeds give hope and comfort to the living. your best in city or in swampland. Peace over anger, honor over hate. At the end of all your days, one Jedi waits for you. With the dust of Jedi bones piled high like parsnips on his plate. With the dust of Jedi bones piled up like parsnips on his plate. Specifically just their bones. All the soft parts you can keep. It's the bones that have the calcium, so he says. The long feast will be filmed for mass consumption. The cameras Ryan's got these days are unimaginably high res. Despair not for the end that waits for you. Fear not the fire in which your flesh must burn. All the Jedi from all the planets in this putrid universe. Get eaten by this last one, and now it's your turn. They get eaten by this last one, and now it's your turn. Bones, 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 bones. Bones, 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 bones. The ultimate Jedi, who wastes all the other Jedi, has eaten up all their bones. All their bones. 